Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners, and welcome to the brand newest installment of Drang and Largely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast in this multiverse and the next. Here with the host of the most is me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve, in the ballroom with a knife. Uh oh! Oh, it's me, Uncle Ben, in the studio with a co beer. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I did it. He didn't kill nobody. He just drank a co beer. I just drank the co beer code. I, I killed a couple <laughs> bars. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Yeah. All I right. killed a couple of co bears. You know how it goes, man. <laughs> We're here today for another installment of Fan You Airy. Uh huh. We're treating them fans right, ain't we, Steve? I think so. Yeah, I think the fans would say that we're gentle lovers. Mm. He's a gentle lover. <laughs> he doesn't do it too bad or hard now. Like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too I bad love that or song. hard, you know? Too bad or hard. Yeah, yeah he doesn't do it that bad. A gentle lover who does it bad would Ooh. be like, what's this? What's the point? Yeah. Barely even feeling this shit. Get out of here, guy. I got stuff I got to go do, so let's just wrap this up, you know? Yeah. You look look down at him and just give him the wrap it up signal. Just like, all right, let's just (laughs) Moving on. Let's go. (laughs) And this is a very special Fanuary episode because you're treating a fan so well. You done went and and married him, and uh, I assume like probably put it in him every now and then. That's That's, a real fan. That's fan service right there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, my wife, Emily, wanted us to do this. It's her birthday um, a few days after this comes out. Mr. Emily. (laughs) Oh, man. I got something to say about that, by the way, uh, in a little bit when we talk about what we've been watching this week. Wow. uh, Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, Emily wanted us to do this for her birthday. It's one of her absolute favorite movies. And like, honestly, she can quote the entire movie and regularly uses lines from the movie in her normal everyday speech. So she loves this movie. All right, not exactly a horror pick, but it is a fan pick, and that's what goddamn fucking matters. If you got a problem with it, send us your receipt. We'll give you a full (laughs) refund, okay? Send it to the bursar's office. Mm -hmm, We'll have our accountant look it over. Mm -hmm. Check for accuracies, inaccuracies, and so Mm -hmm. on. And, and if we'll, we find we'll it, cut it's a, a refund. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take care of you there. So if you got a problem with it, that's what you do. Okay. Yeah, that's the proper way to go about getting your refund from a podcast you're listening to. <laughs> we hate that we fucking wasted your time. Okay. Sorry. So. <laughs> and also, if you want to get straight onto the movie review portion of the show, there's a time set for you in the yep. podcast description. Right but you don't want to miss out on the good stuff. So. Hang out with us. Just pull up a chair, all right? Get yourself warm. Maybe pour yourself a a cognac, a brandy, a bourbon, something nice, you know? Yeah. You know, um, for our preview palace that we're going to have in a little bit, yeah, we came up with the idea, and they were like, hey, did we do that on the Ready or Not episode? I went Mm -hmm. back to the Ready or Not episode, and I was like, well, I'll look at the timestamp and just go backwards and see what we we did for the preview palace. There you go. The timestamps back in the day... A couple years ago, that is, would be like 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the podcast. Now it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what were we in such a hurry for back time? then? Don't worry. Yeah. 
why were we in such a rush back then to talk about know. what this I show's about? Yeah, that is not what we do here. No, it is a thinly <laughs> veiled attempt to have a reason just to hang out and shoot yeah, the shit every week. So, exactly. And then we have to talk about a movie somewhere in there. Yeah, but, you know, somewhere in there. Whatever. So you can get right onto it if you want to, but that's really not the point of the show. No, no. (laughs) How you been this week, man? We're doing this long distance again due to some inclement weather and stuff here Uh in Tennessee. We've had some pretty vicious snowing and icing going on out there. Now, there's not really that much accumulation, at least down here in the city where I'm at, but that's just fucking Tennessee for you, man. Here in uh, in the county, Um, but you know they they keep the roads uh, pretty well out here. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's not been too bad. Uh, you know, we've had yeah two different snows since the last time we recorded. Currently, have snow out there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 been the the week for me though has been great. Honestly, I mean, like even though I haven't been able to do a lot because you know shit's closed down and whatnot. Um, I got the results of my COVID PCR test and it's negative. You are not so the father. That's what it said. Said I'm not the father. um also emily got um she got lasik this week oh sick yeah she is no longer part of the glasses gang oh man dude have like people stopped slapping her books out of her hands in the hallway yeah she 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 said like it was the weirdest thing she was walking down the hall and people were just like hi instead of like go home four eyes you know yeah really yeah. Uh, do was, you ever see her walking down the hallway at home and you're like, what's up, two eyes? Yep, I do. <laughs> yeah, she's not popular around here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Slapping cool, books man. out of her hand all the time. Uh, I am also COVID negative as of now, Good. which is pretty cool, man. That means my, my uh, you know, week and a half long non-symptomatic vacation is at an end, unfortunately, yeah. and I have to go be a human again. <laughs> Uh, I, thanks know, to, so much, by the way, too, to everybody who reached out to me. I had so many people just like checking in on me after yeah. they heard the, the episode last week where I talked about testing positive. They're like, are you okay? Are you still okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. But yeah. thanks for checking in. You guys are sweet. Yeah, I've known several people who've who've uh, gotten it recently. And I'm still, I'm still avoiding it. I have still not caught the bug. Uh, but I feel like it's just inevitable unfortunately dude if you do i recommend getting cool ranch covid like i yeah had. it was get the, that's the good kind okay yeah that's what you want to get you might <laughs> be know, uh, tempted to do the the fiery nacho covid but yeah cool that's, ranch was, COVID. Mm-hmm. yeah give me that uh thai sweet chili covid that sounds great <laughs> so yeah i'm all good to go i went out and played a big old rock show the other day with skank banger which skank banger i think more and more is just becoming an excuse for me to buy frilly shirts and have photos taken of me wearing them yeah it's yeah, not even really sense. about playing the show anymore it's just like okay what roughly shirt can i get next because yeah. <laughs> i've been trying to take davy stranger in a much more like cinderella slash britney fox like elizabethan yeah. roughly collar mm-hmm. sort of direction yeah and i noticed I, dude i've never <laughs> felt more myself in my entire life like the first like puffy white pirate shirt i got a couple weeks ago i put that thing on and i was like why did we stop wearing these yar <laughs> Yeah, it just great. feels so good, man. It's like you got okay. the big baggy sleeves and stuff. It automatically <laughs> looks super dressy. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Man. I'm telling you, dudes, get yourself a roughly shirt. Just go on Amazon and just type in like men's poofy shirt or whatever. <laughs> You're going to be doing yourself a huge fucking favor. I guarantee you. Yeah. It, it, listen, this is going to sound vain, but 
if I try on a shirt and the sleeves are really like billowy, I I don't like it because it doesn't show off my arms. <laughs> you want them to cling to the to the man yeah. flesh a little bit, yeah. huh? Yeah, like the shirt I'm wearing right now, like it, it's just like perfectly like almost vacuum form to my biceps and triceps. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's something that's cool about it where like it just automatically looks perfectly fitted. You know what I, I bet, mean? Yeah, because it's supposed to be puffy. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, man. So yeah, <laughs> fucking killer. So I'm doing great. On. Yep, and I'm I'm COVID free since '93. So I, again, I feel very fucking lucky to now have like turbo immunity, and I've paid yeah. no cost for it. Like I didn't have any bad reactions to my vaccines. The, the mm-hmm. fucking booster, as I said, made me feel fucking high as eagle tits for yeah. 36 hours, and then I got COVID and had no effects. Like. I really did win the luck lottery here. You did. You did. It's weird that you got COVID in 93, though. Yeah, I did. Like, you were the only case that year. Mm -hmm, COVID 93. Mm -hmm. I was nine years old. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Yep. They called it it the Elder variant. (laughs) Yeah, the bowl cut flu, it was called back (laughs) then. The bowl cut flu. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as the Jort virus. (laughs) (laughs) I think that must have really hit. In like 1998, 99, and that's oh, yeah. what set off the whole new metal like movement, <laughs> the Jort variant. Well, but then what people forget about is that we also had that that terrible swath of bucket hat flu that went on <laughs> in the late 90s. Bucket hat. We act like it didn't happen, but it's like it people totally started wearing happened. these bucket hats. <laughs> young people are wearing bucket hats again, Steve. Young people are, are doing it again. Yes. They're making the same mistakes we made in the 90s. Yeah, that happens. I mean, it's really going to be interesting when the 2000s start getting brought back because that was probably the, like the early 2000s, probably the worst era of fashion. It was just awful. Just fucking awful, man. It was a perfect storm of like all the worst things you can put on your body. You'll know it's going downhill when people start wearing those like alien sunglasses Oh like my the god! The ones that like made you look like a, a gray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the second you see somebody wearing those, it would just fucking end it. It's over. I did see a kid walking into like one of the clubs late one night here that did have frosted tips, like frosted <laughs> fucking tips. Oh shit! You poor bastard! Oh god! Was he know, wearing man. like a crazy town shirt or a? Oh uh, man, Mark be my butterfly, sugar, baby, baby, come, my lady, come, come, my lady. <laughs> Why did that happen to us? I don't know. Well, I mean, we did deserve it, probably, but probably, I, I don't know what it was we did to make I was it. I say, dude, we were so young. I don't know of anything we could have done by that point where we could have deserved <laughs> it's true. it. Like, we didn't probably have much by control. Now. You the, know, it's the like, control we had was to just not buy the CDs. <laughs> that was it. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a pretty good week, though, man. I've just been kind of getting back at it and uh, being pretty busy, honestly. I've not had time yeah. to watch a lot of stuff, man. Um, okay. Unlike last week, where I'd watch like 400 movies because I was stuck yeah. at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the only things we watched this week were uh, Love and Monsters. Okay. I haven't seen this. Dude, you need to fucking watch this. Is it it rad? is awesome. It's okay. really, really cool, man. It came out. In 2020, which is, I think, why a lot of us didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had never heard of it. And then uh, Kate and Jesse showed me a trailer, and I was like, this looks fucking rad. Why okay. haven't I heard about this? Who's in it's it? like a little bit of Zombieland. It's like a little bit of a 
post-apocalyptic monster movie. It's kind of a blend of a couple of different things, I guess. And Okay. I think about the only person of note that's in it that you would know right off the top of your head is Michael Rooker. Okay. All right. Well, who of course, he's great. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, no change here. Guess what? He's fucking awesome in this, too. I bet. <laughs> I don't think he's ever bad. He can't no. be. It's impossible. No, he's fucking awesome, man. But, dude, definitely watch that movie. It's it's like fun and lighthearted, but at the same time, the moments of tension in it are really fucking good. The special okay. effects are sick. Like, there's a lot of practical stuff where a lot of times, like, the creatures will be, you know, hand puppets and animatronic and stuff, and then there's okay. other times where they're full CG like huge monsters basically the idea is like due to some like radioactive fallout and shit like all of the cold-blooded creatures on earth have grown like super ultra size ah so that even includes things like cockroaches and stuff ah no yeah dude and i don't want that they're ginormous and again the cg is like really great so you'll laugh okay. you'll cry you'll have yourself a good old time i definitely recommend love and monsters that's okay. a really good one um, we watched that Beanie Babies documentary. That was pretty cool. It's oh, kind of, all right. Kind of what you'd expect. Do they, <laughs> at any point, do they say, like, and NFTs are this? I know, right? Because it really was like that, where it's just like, here's this thing that's intrinsically worthless, uh -huh. but a lot of upper middle class white people said it has value, so it exploded. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the magic power of upper class white people to turn... It's, it's fucking alchemy, dude. It's turning it lead into gold. It's turning well, fucking, I mean, you know, beanie babies into millions of dollars. Makes no it, sense. It is, it is the root of capitalism. Like, the, yeah. that's exactly what it is, is to say that this thing has value and that value is determined by how much you want it. Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking gold yeah. and diamonds, dude. It's like diamonds yep. are literally worthless. <laughs> Turning gold into gold is alchemy because <laughs> yeah. it really isn't. Like, it's just a rock. Yeah, and it's not even a really good metal to use for anything other than conducting. It's, conducting, it's a good conductor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But other than that, like it's not good to use for anything, but we just nope. decided it's valuable, so mm -hmm. it is very shiny. much that. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, because shiny, I guess. And uh, easily the best thing that we watched this week, man, we watched Ghostbusters Afterlife this week. Oh, awesome. So we can talk about it. Cause we I, can I, talk about it. I watched it last week, and yeah, uh, maybe some spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife will be here, but we won't go too into it. Sure, but, dude. Oh, I I how'd loved you feel it. About it? You loved I thought it. Awesome. that it was really really cool, man. It's like you said, it isn't the tone of the original. No, and I think it probably would have been remiss to try and do that because it is mainly yeah. focused on you know young people and stuff. Right. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it it definitely is toned down. It's more of a family flick than the original Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters mm -hmm. Two or the uh, Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. Like it 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 has more of that like. Goonies quality, I would say, mm -hmm. where yeah, it's just like, oh, this quest, would be yeah. fun, especially as a kid to see and be like putting yourself into that and being like, I, you know, maybe my grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Mm -hmm. that, that would be cool. It took me a little while to realize there, too, that the the main girl in there, Phoebe, right? Is that her name? Uh -huh. Yeah, Phoebe. Great character. That's the, the same girl that was in Troop Zero. I haven't seen Troop Zero, but I remember you liking it. It is fucking wonderful okay. that's one of like those like early pandemic memories that i have is like just being like what is this random movie i don't know let's watch it because there's yeah. no such thing as a wasted day when every day is the same so exactly. let's just watch a random movie <laughs> and we stumbled across that one i think on amazon and it's so fucking good man so yeah, yeah same same little girl from that is in this and she's killer i really yeah, look forward awesome. to seeing what she does with her career yeah. and her future as an actress because yeah, i mean everything good. i've seen her in is great mm -hmm. 
She's like really minor league in Miss Marvel as well. She was like young Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah, but she's barely right. in it. Okay. But loved it, man. I loved how they expanded on kind of like the mythology of Evo Shandor and stuff, where it's like uh-huh. this is the mine where he got the metals to build that building out of and shit. Like that's yeah. a cool direction to go where it's not yes, just it like is. You know, rehashing all the same shit. It's like digging deeper into the same shit that was in the first one. Yeah. I like like that. that. I thought that was cool, man. I hope they, you know, because it's clear they're going to make sequels. Like, just watching it, it's like, oh, if they don't make sequels of this, they're insane. Like, they should. And I I hope they take it its own direction. I mean, because they've done, like, this is the connection to Ghostbusters. And now, new mystery or new ghost to bust. Yeah, totally. Uh, I I mean, I could see them doing a sequel that's just connected back to Vigo the Carpathian, but it's like, no, like do do something new is what I would like. I like that you did that in the first one. Hopefully in a sequel, you just take it its own direction. Because yeah. that it it's clear that this would be you could at least make another one of these that would be quality. I'm sure they'll end up making three more of them and by the end we'll be like, "Please stop." But <laughs> at least one more could be really good. I think so too, man. Dude, that that scene towards the end of the movie, and I, I know you know what scene I'm talking about, man. Mm-hmm. Got my allergies plum oh, stirred yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. That was so uh, beautifully done. It was. It was really well done. Um, you know, I I think that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. So uh, I, I'll just say, yeah, really well done. I, the, the movie also, to me though, has more endings than Return of the King. Like, it's got <laughs> a couple. So many times where I was like, oh, it's over. Wait, what? <laughs> More? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it does have a couple two tree tacked on there at the end, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I get that, man. I like the pace of the movie, too. It wasn't like an ultra, 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 like ADD, super fast-paced movie no, for like yeah, eight-year-olds. Like, it kind of took its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like really that. this like extreme forward momentum. It was just kind of like, let's explore this. Okay, now what is this over here? Like, it really took its time, and I, I yep. enjoyed that about it. Now, I... I don't know if I said this last week, but I think you could agree that it would be more appropriate to title it Ghost Loosers, as they they set two ghosts loose and only That's bust true. one. Ooh. So, well, the thing is, though, man, is like you you got to remember here they got to keep it appropriate because these are kids we're talking about, and they're too young to learn about how good it feels to be busting. <laughs> that would be Bustin inappropriate. Makes you feel good <laughs> after the age of eighteen. <laughs> that's gonna Save be it. one of the sequels is finn wolfhard turning 18 and ray parker jr sitting him down and teaching him about <laughs> how busting makes you feel good <laughs> now there comes a time where somebody meets someone very special to them and well they get together and they bust and it makes them feel good now sit down at uncle ray's feet as i teach you the appropriate ways to bust we're going to eventually end up with like Ghostbusters 5, barely bustable. <laughs> <laughs> a good awesome. time. Fun for the family, man. I, I enjoyed yeah. that one a lot, dude. And yeah, uh, that's too. about all that I've watched, man. What have you been on? Oh, man. I got a lot of stuff. So um, for the, the Screaming Chat, we watched a movie called Offerings, okay, which I don't is know that one. such a blatant Halloween ripoff. Um <laughs> Like the the music is a Halloween ripoff, and it rips off several other horror movies. Like there's some Elm Street in there. Pretty okay. sure there were, I heard like some uh, Exorcist 
at, at some point. Oh shit! Uh, but yeah, really rips that off. But it's very much just a rip off of of Halloween. Is um, it like guy busts out of a mental institute yes. and comes back to his town to kill his family? Is it that kind yep. of thing? It's exactly that thing. So it's blood rage. It's blood <laughs> rage, yeah. <laughs> Except it's not during Thanksgiving. Um, it's like they yeah. sat down at a meeting. They're like, let's make a movie that's like Halloween, only it's set at Thanksgiving. All right, now let's make a movie that's like that one, only it's not set at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and this was so, this is like 11 years after Halloween. It's so Ooh. late for a Halloween <laughs> like uh, emulator. Because yeah. you got a bunch of those early in the 80s. Like, you know, even like Slumber Party Massacre is, uh, you know, a guy escapes mental institution. It's got some similarities. Like, there's a there's a lot of Halloween ripoffs or Halloween-like movies early 80s. This is 89. Like, by this point, it's like, who is this for? Yeah, like, really. <laughs> did you think that people would just forget about Halloween by this point? <laughs> that sounds like a winner, dude. Yeah, it was great. Um, also, for uh, Ice Cream Sunday, we celebrated the birthday of um, Betty White, which is Aww. today when we're Today's recording Monday. Yeah. Um, but uh, we watched Lake Placid and still terrible. And then we also <laughs> watched... Yeah, so we also watched some episodes of Golden Girls after that. Oh, um, hell yeah, man. And the, the we watched, I don't know if you've ever watched any Golden Girls. But I one just of the started like last year, yeah. Oh, okay, it's great. One of the weirdest episodes is in season three, episode six, where Rose li- writes a letter to President Gorbachev um, <laughs> what? telling him basically to like, you know, that we need world peace or whatever and then like she has this dream sequence where she's delivering her like speech in moscow and like and uh rue mcclanahan uh blanche does the uh happy birthday mr president thing i guess trying to fuck gorbachev (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck i haven't seen that one that sounds fucking far out Man, that show's so fucking funny, though. It, it is really just is. really, really funny. Anyway, Did you go yeah, and uh, Google Betty White today? Uh-uh. Man, you'll have to do it. Like, if you I Google, okay. uh, just just Google Betty White whenever you pull it up. Kate showed me this. Like, it comes up with this, like, thank you for being a friend, and these, like, Aww. rose petals fall down the screen and shit. It's really sweet. Mm, Betty. Anyway, know, yeah. Man. Betty is fucking hilarious. She was great, man. Amazing, dude. Amazing. Um, okay, so some Golden Girls. Good choice. Yeah, that was it was fun. Um and then uh, I've I've been uh on a kick of watching good movies. <laughs> just no. like Yeah. I just on thought purpose? of like cuz I Ew. you know, near the end of the year there, I was I was barely watching anything and um I I just thought like why don't i just watch movies i know i like so <laughs> i watched fargo last week fucking yeah great. yeah uh so this week i watched oh brother where art thou Fuck which yeah is dude still i think it might be my favorite coen brothers movie mine too i think i mean it's it like I, I love big lebowski and stuff but dude right. oh brother is just it's quotable so line after quotable <sighs> line and so- it's gorgeous many quotable lines it, it's gorgeous it's uh you know based on the odyssey i really like how they like based this movie set during uh depression era in the south yeah, yeah. on the odyssey and how you can see if you know the odyssey you can see what they're doing it's it's great i love it got the um, sirens the cyclops the sirens, all kinds yeah. of good shit in there man <laughs> god i quote that movie all the fucking time uh-huh. man 
we was fixing a fornicate too. <laughs> My hair. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And then I watched what my my uh, the other contender for favorite Coen Brothers movie Uh-oh. for me, which is No Country for Old Men. Fuck yeah, dude! Man, dude. what a range those guys have. I know it's it it is wild to watch those two movies back to back and be like, these were the same directors. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you can tell though that's the weird they thing. They worked on Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, what? What? Fucking awesome! I'm dying to see. Is it Joel Cohen's Macbeth? Right, yeah, I think I think it is. Joel I really want to see yeah. that. That mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be really, really cool, man. Yeah. So how did uh, how did that one hold up? It's been a while since I saw that. Fucking good, man. Yeah. I Listen, there's probably never like I know people uh, love Heath Ledger's Joker, and he he it was amazing. He did an amazing job. But Anton Chigurh is the best villain I think ever. Dude, he is like inhuman. Yeah, it's it is. very, very strange to like yeah. see him perform and hear him talk and see his facial expressions. Yep, it is honestly like a space alien that came down here and is trying to blend in, but doing a really bad, really job bad of it. job. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and his attempts to blend in are are just like, will I murder you or won't I? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Fuck, God man. damn it. That movie so fucking good. And, Maybe I want to watch yeah. this again, dude. I think I might have only seen that one in theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You need to rewatch it. Emily uh, was watching it on the plane uh, back from our, our mini vacation. And um, I like just looking over, I was like, right. I haven't seen that in a while. And it is so fucking good. I like just had it in my brain. I have to watch this. So shit. Yeah. So good. Nice. Um, I also watched Mama Mia, which I hadn't seen. I am I am a lover of ABBA. Oh um, fuck yeah, dude! Dude, if you don't love ABBA, you haven't listened to enough ABBA. Okay, right? That uh, yes, one hundred percent. Listen to more ABBA is always good advice. Fuck yeah! Um, it's it's a weird little movie. It, it was is fun. bizarre, isn't it? It's fun. It is fun, and like it knows its audience really well. Like for sure. It. It, it, the the presentation of women having fun like yeah. that's what it is it is it is Meryl Streep and Christine Baranski and I don't know the other actress's name just having a fucking blast oh yeah dude and I think and, I mentioned it on the show a couple of years ago whenever I had seen it but like do you know what I mean now when I said a lot of it feels like weird live action anime like a lot of the shots <laughs> and like zooms and stuff just feel like they could right. be out of Sailor Moon or something yes maybe so yeah weird. I can see that yeah, I like the weirdness of it, and and it was fun. It's uh, I might not rewatch it anytime soon because uh, it also like I love I like I love some musicals. I have progressed to that point, okay, but I still cringe at some. Like there's something secondhand embarrassment to some of it that I I, I shouldn't be there. They're just having fun, but for yeah. some reason in my mind, it's like, oh, God, that's so, I wouldn't do that. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, man. But for some reason, when it's like ABBA songs and it's like pre-existing music, it's somehow cooler. Yeah. Yeah. No, I liked that. It was cool knowing all the songs, like instantly just knowing like, oh, okay, now they're doing this. Dancing Queen. Gotcha. Give me a man after midnight. That's my fucking yeah. joint right there, okay. man. They, uh, Fernando didn't get enough for me. It was just like- oh, yeah. A little bit of a like, I think she was just singing it as she walked into the shed or something. 
it wasn't really much of anything. I, Fernando is a great song, I think. What if we just started like a movement to where we make this like international law that only ABBA can write the music for all musicals? I would love that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better that way. It like, would who, be. <laughs> who would be like, it wouldn't be as good this way? Uh, you know, I, I bet people who currently write music for musicals. So like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Like, Sondheim died, so he's, he's not going to say anything. Um, no, not a damn thing. Nope. <laughs> dead as hell. So dead. Just yeah. so dead. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think a few people would be upset, but you're right. It would be better. But we would be right. That's the thing. You can be upset. That's fine. That's your right. But we are correct here. Yeah, you are wrong by being upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also watched Marvel's Eternals. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to hearing about this because I actually spoke to two different people yesterday that watched it, and their review was to say, eh, that's okay. it. All right. Uh, I've seen some as I've seen some uh, outright hate for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you something maybe you haven't seen. I thought it was awesome. I really, really? enjoyed it. Oh. I huh. think uh, I can see why people don't like some things. Uh, it it should have been a show. Definitely should okay. have been a show. It's two and a half mm-hmm. hours, and it should have been three, probably. That's a lot of movie. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a whole lot in there. I mean, you're talking about a lot of Babylonian mythology, and you're also talking about Marvel's own weird, like Jack Kirby creation myth. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It, it's off putting. Also, that like, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but the Eternals themselves aren't aren't exactly likable. They're not mm-hmm. like supposed to be good entirely they're like many um, of the, the the gods of mythology where like uh right you know even a lot of greek and roman gods had their flaws and their mm-hmm. uh, imperfections well and, and and the idea of the eternals is that they are those gods that have been talked about so like oh cool so like i think immediately that is off-putting because we've just seen movies that are about heroes being mm-hmm. heroes and doing heroic stuff and this is about a more the uh, arbitrary thing it's uh, mm. it's it's much more of a like you know they're disconnected from humans um and they're becoming better that's kind of their arc is that they're becoming better and not necessarily even great but just becoming better okay. so and there are a lot of characters it would have been better as a show for sure where but, they had to like dump a whole bunch of new yeah. characters on you and you have to keep up with them for two and a half yeah. hours. Exactly. It's a mm. lot. It is okay. a whole lot for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I hope that they don't let bad audience reactions stop them from doing more eternal stuff. I do think though, a show would be the best option. Okay. So uh watch it with that in mind. But uh, otherwise, I get you know why it it's kind of divisive as a movie because it, it is it is not the same tone I guess as as all the other MCU movies. So hmm. I understand. I heard a couple of people say that the effects in it were pretty shot. Do they look okay? Um, there is some stuff. It, it is clear that it didn't get as much work as some of the others, maybe because of you know the pandemic and whatnot. Um, yeah, there's some stuff in there that is a little bit flat or needs some work. And that, that definitely, I, again, I see why people 
didn't like it as much as as others but i still think it's good there's a lot of good in there there's a whole lot of good in there so check it out okay i think i will it's on my list of like marvel homework that i need to do to make sure i stay on top of stuff. oh shang chi too you haven't seen that yet no huh those are definitely on my list yeah check those two out i think i'll do that man i think i will give them a go i know (laughs) i know some people definitely hated eternals though so it'll i'll understand if you hate it <laughs> okay run on man i'll tell you what i'm gonna get me a pull on a co-beer code you mind if i do pull out a co-beer and pull on it i'm gonna whip it out and pull on it <laughs> <laughs> whip it out and pull on it <laughs> you got you a, a a nice room temperature bissy over there with you yeah, don't I got you got a little whiskey what kind of a bissy you hitting on over there it's a little evan williams bottle and bond that's the Steve special right there. Isn't it, it is, man. It's my go-to because uh, it's it is uh, to me, it is perfect. I there are other whiskeys that are better for sure, but if you if you're looking for a whiskey that does all the things, it's good straight. It's it's good with some water. It's good in a cocktail. Fucking Evan Williams bottled in bond, and it's easy on the wallet too. It is, yeah. It's not expensive at all. Not a bad one, man. I've got myself here a beer that was mailed to me by a fan of my YouTube channel. This is a beer that comes to me from Foothills Brewing over in Winston-Salem, North Kakalaki. Okay. Foothills Brewing Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate. Okay. It is a bourbon barrel-aged, cocoa-infused Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. I'm excited Nine point to hear about something this. percent on here, man. This should be pretty bodacious. It's a big old boy. That's a pretty big boy. the The smell of it is very bourbon barrelly. There's lots of barrel going on right here. <laughs> Let's just it get in like here. Tastes like a barrel. Mm, it tastes like I licked a barrel. They might say. <laughs> Let's just get a sniff of this and find out here. Oh man, the first person, the first because like you know, they they made they distilled uh liquor long before somebody realized if you put it in a barrel it'll it'll taste even better yeah you imagine the first person who like put liquor in a barrel and then taste it and was like guys this is better it tastes like um (laughs) tastes like a barrel you know like how you always want to eat a barrel you see a barrel and you're like i'd like to take a bite well then the thing is though is that guy's friends didn't know the entire time he was a termite Termite invented whiskey. <laughs> he invented the barrel aging process. Be a lot better if it tasted like wood, you know what I mean? All his friends are like, listen, man, we're worried about you. Yeah, for real. You, I, we haven't mentioned it, but you don't look like a human. Are you a beaver? No. no. Are you crazy? Not no. a beaver. Get out of no. here. Not even, no, I'm a, I'm a people like you I'm all pe- are. Totally a people. Yeah. I'm very small. Very, very small. Very small. Maybe I have several legs. Maybe. (laughs) But still a person, nonetheless. Now, let's talk about this barrel, guys. Tasty, tasty barrel. (laughs) Let's burn the motherfucker, too. (laughs) That beer is really good. It is intensely chocolatey and intensely bourbon-y. It's very nice. And actually, for being like 9%, quite smooth. It's quite cool. You gotta burn. You gotta burn your barrel before you eat it. It's the cooking process, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's like filet mignon if you're a fucking termite. Uh huh. <laughs> like a barrel, <laughs> medium rare, please. Mm. Hmm. 
That's a really good beer right there, man. Tasty, awesome. tasty stuff, man. Now, Steve, I'm going to tell you something about the topic of today's show. Tell Clue me something about it. That you might not know. Okay. It's based on a game. It's based Wait. on a game that's played on a board. What? Uh-huh. That is to say, a board game. Okay. You're telling me that the movie Clue is based on a board game named Clue? It is also called Clue. Mm, that's right. It is a board game that you can play with your friends and oh, wait. family. Sorry to our, our dead and lobsters. Cluedo. Oh, is that Cluedo. The, what it's called? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Over in, in, in the land of Ing, it's called Cluedo. And that's where it's from. So technically, that is the correct name. But what the fuck's a Cluedo? Cluedo? Cluedo. That's yep. stupid as shit. <laughs> Agreed. Again, we're doing it better. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what? Cluedo. Take that, Brits. That's not even one of those like cute British things where you're like, yeah, it's silly, but it's adorable. Right. Like oh, if it was called oh, governor, Cluedy Winks old, or something, that would be adorable. Let's play some Cluedo. Oi. Like, Oi, Big cool. Ben. <laughs> they Excuse just say landmarks. Yeah. Let me finish my beans and toast and then we'll get around <laughs> to playing a game of Cluedo, won't we? London Bridge. <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles. Excuse me, let me just put on the newest Beatles record while we play <laughs> us a game of Cluedo. I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah you guys are just doing it wrong sorry guys <laughs> except for the people from liverpool apparently they're doing okay they're doing okay i yeah. guess <laughs> and you know what it got me thinking about other things that are in the spectrum of games you can play a game on a board you can play a game without a board you oh! can play a game with cards that's you right can play a game you can play a game with just your mind Ooh, and, you and could your do words that. And your dick and your balls. And your dick and your balls, yes. All kinds of games. You can have fun with anything. It got me to thinking about how we should probably tell these buses, because I'm sure they want to know. They know so much about us, but one thing I think they don't know is what's our favorite games. So how about we just take it here into the Preview Palace, you know? Welcome to the Preview Palace. Let's tell these motherfucking busters. <laughs> these busters. About our favorite games. Now, initially, when we were putting this together, we were we were going to talk about board games, right? And then we kind of realized, like, man, a lot of the our favorites are are actually card games. So we're yeah. including card games in this spectrum yeah. of gaming. My wife is very disappointed in us. She's shaking her head right now. I know. That oh she no! Is. Oh German, no! German people they love classification. Things yeah. that go in certain categories and that go in other categories. But you know what? We're the goddamn melting potest kind of country that's ever been known <laughs> so i i accept all games into my spectrum uh-huh. of game except we're not talking about video games that's that is different that is different that's all that's there's video components yeah so yeah so we're that's, talking non-video type games mm. we're gonna give you guys a top five in no particular order unless you have yours in a particular order do you no all right man let's roll why don't you kick us off here well ben one of my absolute favorite games of all time, Trivial Pursuit. Pew, 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 pew. Trivial Pursuit, gotta get your dick sucked. <laughs> I love Trivial Pursuit, man. It's and awesome. honestly, like my favorite way to play Trivial Pursuit is to not even use the board, just to take like the stack of uh, of cards on like a car trip, and you just read uh -huh. questions at each other, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that is fun. That is fun. <laughs> that's enough for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like, um, yeah, I like Trivial Pursuit. It's, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I, I generally got a, a good amount of trivia in my head. So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think that's probably one of the things I like most about it is that I, I can win. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> I like to win. So, um, yeah, Trivial Pursuit, just awesome. I also like playing old versions of the game. That can like, be fun, dude. Yeah, it really can be. And it can be very challenging because, like, you know, the things that were important in the 80s that would be on the cards probably aren't talked about quite as much now. This white powdery substance lets you get up in the morning and go, go, go. <laughs> and go, 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 it says on the card. Yeah. What is cocaña? is the correct cocaña. answer. Cocaña. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that now, can be fun. And also love like the um, the Trivial Pursuit editions that are like a specific topic or era, like the 80s right. Trivial Pursuit uh-huh. or like, yeah. uh, you know, just based on certain topics. Those are always fun. Right. Yeah. No, those are those are. Uh, super fun i do like for the board to be involved so that the game can come to completion but i also like just answering the questions like that's the thing about trivia pursuit that is fun to me is that there's several ways you can play it that are fun yeah so awesome game cool man that's a great choice i would have put that on my list as well honestly that's uh just barely got nixed off of my list what you got on your list I'm going to tell you about a pretty new one here that came to me just a couple of years ago. I played with some friends called Telestrations. Have you ever played okay. this? No, I have not. I I love any board game that like more than just relying on, you know, luck of the draw. Right. Relies on a creative uh, kind of aspect, like something where you've got to kind of think outside of the box. Yeah. And Telestrations like, like is... Like Pictionary, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly, uh-huh. man. Or even, you know, charades and stuff like that. you right. got to get creative mm-hmm. with it. And I enjoy that kind of game. And uh, Telestrations is fucking awesome, man. Basically, there's a couple different versions of the game. There's the regular one, and then we have the After Dark one, which is the more, like, like naughty body version of the game, which is really okay. fun. And basically, everybody sits in a circle, and everybody has, like, a pad of paper... Only it's like erasable shit that they provide you with. And you're given like a topic and you have to draw that topic. Okay. And then you pass it to the person to the right and the person has to guess what that topic is based on your drawing. So they might write something down that's incorrect. It's kind of like the game of telephone, only there's also drawing involved. You know. So, telestrations. Exactly. So basically it's fun because once it gets all the way around the circle, your original topic has been so distorted by people's like shitty drawings or intentionally misleading <laughs> drawings that when it gets uh-huh. back to you, it's it can be somewhere completely different than where That's it started. Awesome. I like it's that. really fun. And it's honestly one of those games too where it's not like um it's not like Pictionary or something where like your friends get that pressure where they're like, I can't draw, I hate this game. Like, honestly, the worse drawer you are, the more fun the game becomes. Because then the next person gets it, and they're like, what the fuck? And they have to write down what they think is going on. It's really fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. So definitely pick that one up for your next party or gathering. What you got? All right, Ben. We both agree that Monopoly is a game for people to just hate each other at the end, right? Like that's It's, it's the game to start fights with, of course. That's the main purpose of it. So... Monopoly can't go on my list, no. but there is a Monopoly Junior version of the game. I've never played that. Is it's a little bit altered, a little bit different, 
if you play by the rule set, it's less likely to start fights. I like that about it. It still has the like Monopoly is fun. The first two or three times around the board, you're having a ball, and then it starts getting terrible. Which is the point of the game is to teach you that (laughs) capitalism is bad. But (laughs) we haven't learned a lesson because you know Parker Brothers or whatever was like, no, we'll just make it more about you know crushing your competition. Um, (laughs) Monopoly Junior, it's a little bit easier a little bit more fun to me and i've played it as an adult and it's like well i mean i know this is aimed at kids but works just fine for adults i think all right maybe i have to check that out sometime because yeah monopoly is one of those ones it's always just a point of frustration whenever you're like you know 45 minutes into the game and you start paying people rent and shit like Uh, this it's just like dude i do enough of this shit in real life exactly (laughs) i don't want want to to play real life the game oh no so yeah i do like the game life (laughs) i do like the game of life that is a fun one man what do you got on your board there all right, man. Coming up next is one that we started playing early on in the pandemic. It's one that Kate ordered because she heard it was one of the best new board games. I talked about this briefly on the Ready or Not episode, actually, because we just got into it. Okay. Uh, Quirkle, which is a really cool game that is played with colored tiles. And okay. it's kind of it's kind of almost like you're making poker hands with these colored tiles, where like the tiles will have like a purple triangle. And you can match that up with a row of red, green, yellow triangles. Or you can make it into a of a kind kind of scenario or like a straight kind of thing where it's like a purple triangle, a purple star, a purple heart. Okay. Uh, it's really, really, really fun, man. It's one of those ones that you can just sit down and knock out a few rounds and have a couple rounds of drinks and stuff over. Really cool game. I recommend okay. checking it out. And it's cheap, yeah, it too, because it's just you know wooden pieces in a bag. So okay. Really fun game. Uh, Quirkle with a Q. Be sure to check that one out sometime. Fun for the whole fam. Easy to play. Doesn't take all day. Like it's That's one of those fun. that sometimes I like a game that yeah. has uh, that you can play several times, not a game you're going to be playing for a long time. Though there know, are the right? games you're going to be playing for a long time that I really do enjoy. The if you're just if it's a a party game, it needs to it needs to come to a conclusion pretty quickly. Oh yeah, totally. So you man. just keep wanting to play it until you're tired of playing it, and then you can just finish because it doesn't take that long. That's right, man. That's right. Yeah. And you can pay, play, you know, best out of five yeah. or whatever. And yeah, exactly, have a good time yeah. with it. Quirkle, really fucking cool game. So that's definitely cool. got to go on my list. What's next All for right. you? All right. Here's where, uh, I mean, this is where we're blurring the line a little bit. This is not a pure card game as there is a board involved. Ooh, a little bit of both going on here. I like li- this well, crossover. The board, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the board in a second, but the game is called Family Business. And it is a it is a, a mobster game, uh, and it oh, I was, I was thinking you were going to say it was an erotic game. <laughs> Little family business, huh? Family business. Oh, stepbrother, Ooh. I'm stuck in the washing machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who hasn't been there? Who hasn't been there? But um, so, family business. It's it's a mobster game, and basically, you you are one of several families from the 20s and 30s gangster times. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, the the per the, like the point of the game is to essentially wipe out the competition, to have um, them taken care of. Yes, exactly. So you put hits, you put contracts out on people, you you pay for hits, etc. Um, there's a lot of like 
there's a lot of like uneasy alliances that form as you're playing like you basically you know you and one other person will decide to take somebody out but eventually you're gonna have to take each other out so it's like eventually Dude. one of you is gonna turn on the other it's this sounds it's cool really it is really cool and it's also like it's one of those where y you could end up mad at your friend or whatever but it's also a, a game that comes to a kind of quick resolution so you can play several in a night and you kind of just get over that you were mad at this person or whatever like <laughs> i'll kill it, them next time yeah exactly you just know not to form an alliance with them next time and it's like well anybody you form an alliance with is eventually going to turn on you so. sounds rad man it is it's cool i um we used to play it all the time uh when i was in, back in high school and then in my, my early 20s it was just like a fun like get drunk party game hell yeah yeah. Get drunk, kill your friends. Exactly. <laughs> Good Friday night right there, man. I like it. Oh, Sounds man. like one I should check out. I do have one great story about family business. One time, my friend Chris um, and my friend Harold came over to my brother's house. This was when I was um, in my senior year in high school. And my brother and I were tripping on LSD so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh chris broke out family business and we started playing it and my brother and i are just staring at these cards like bewildered and then like just doing stuff almost experimentally where we'd be like we just put a card down and it would be like a hit and they'd be like okay who's the hit on and then we just point at somebody <laughs> <laughs> and then like they would be like ah or you know whatever uh and then eventually i don't like just just lsd group mind think at one point both my brother and i just threw our cards in the air and knocked the board off the table and then both looked at each other and laughed our asses off and then said sorry and started picking everything up oh my god this sounds <laughs> amazing and, and also like entirely relatable and i'm glad to hear this story because uh, the last time that I, I had way too much of an eddy and got way too fucking deep in the pot zone, you know, uh -huh. uh, it started kicking in when me and uh, Kate and Jesse were, were playing. I can't even fucking remember what game it was now, but it was something where I was like keeping a score uh -huh. and like my hand was like writing the numbers on the paper. And I'm like, how am I doing math? How do I even know <laughs> that these numbers add up? How and then do I know numbers? Yeah, and you're like trying to play the game and your brain is just like going on autopilot somehow. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it got really weird. Like if you're fucked up and you start playing some board games or any kind of game, shit gets fucking weird. So it I'm glad does it's not because just your me. brain your brain in those states is just like, man, rules don't make sense, man. Exactly. <laughs> Why it's do like we I'm need doing rules, math. bro? I'm counting things, but it's just lines on paper. What am I doing? <laughs> like, shit gets weird. I, I Honestly, that is my favorite mindset. When my oh. mind is just like, cannot comprehend how a door works. Yeah. Just like, whoa, <laughs> man. You're telling me those hinges just hold it up? They just hold it up and then they just swing it out? That's fucking crazy. It's impossible. It's a glitch in the matrix for sure. For sure. Oh, man. Yeah, shit gets weird, dude. So what you got next? All right. This is my first card game I'm going to have on here. My first card game entry. One of my absolute favorites. It is kind of a stress fest. It's one of those games that will get you really, really, really fired up. And oftentimes, like, rounds end with somebody 
uh, screaming the name of the game and like slapping their last card down on the table extremely loudly, and then everybody else around the table just cursing at like you know ear piercing volume. Uh, I was introduced to this game by my wife's family. They know it by the name Nerds, but apparently it is also called Pounce, or uh, probably my favorite title, Racing Demon. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I think Nerds I've played is Nerds. the wildest game, dude. Yeah. It's kind of like multi-person cocaine speed solitaire. Okay. Every person has yeah, their own I deck of cards. This. Yeah. And like everybody's kind of like playing off of each other. So you're doing all the like solitaire rules. But also people are fucking with your stuff and you're fucking with other people's stuff. And the point is to play it as fast as humanly possible. It is fucking wild. N-E-R-T-Z. You'll definitely end up with a whole bunch of like really beat up card decks. Like you'll end up just destroying cards because you're like smashing them down in front of other people and like bending the shit out of them and stuff. So just get like a whole bunch of cheap cards and use those as like your nerds specific cards because otherwise they'll end up like all marked up and shit so for other card games you know if you know the deck you can know the cards and stuff yeah you just gotta use them as nerds cards only fuck that game is so fun we used to spend so much time just super 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 late at night with like brandon and a bunch of other people Mm -hmm. um playing the shit out of nerds it's so fun but god damn is it ever intense it's no wonder we we played it late at night so much because like a couple rounds of that that are really hot and like there's no way you're going to bed like immediately yeah It'll yeah just you want to keep the playing up, right. man. really fun kind of like um we used to do that with like spoons and war and shit right. like that uh-huh spoons is a really fun card game too yes it is yeah that'll also get you hoop- hooting and hollering i didn't actually have any playing card games on my list but my absolute favorite playing card game is um bullshit oh yeah bullshit's fun man yeah because here's the thing and this is gonna this is divisive, I have found out. In my mind, Bullshit, the game, is about cheating. That's oh, for what sure. you do. Yeah. yeah, that's the point. So, I... Listen, here's the thing. The strategy that I have found works best is lying about how many cards you're sitting down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just lie. You can get called on it. You can get caught, but just lie. Why? I mean, it's not against the rules. Nope. I, I've had people tell me it's against the spirit of the game, and I say the spirit of the game is cheating. It's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. It's bullshit. That's the point. If anything, it's yeah. like the the most way to play the game. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, I love bullshit. Um, Hell but, yeah, that's a good one. I wonder if like young people, like college age kids, like get together and do this shit because you know. Us in college, like pre-social media age and right, stuff like yeah. that, like we'd get together and do this shit all Even night. Even if you had like, a cell phone, it was just like a phone. Yeah. So, like you didn't like sit on your phone because what would you be doing? Texting the people in the room? Yeah. I assume yeah. that kids now, they just get together and they just, uh, uh, they just uh, TikTok tweets at each other all night, right? <laughs> <laughs> they TikTok a tweet to LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they just link in all night and, and uh, <laughs> eat hot chip and lie. That's eat what hot chip and lie. Do. Yeah, yeah and sure. of course, as we know, with the millennials, they're eating ass. So yeah, and ass eat hot. They chip. just have a, an ass eating contest, maybe. Yeah, hot chip, cold ass. This is what they're into. <laughs> hot chip, cold ass. Will travel. Will travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, I, uh, my my next one is categories. Uh, oh, dude, that's the next one on my list too. Sick. Oh, seriously, awesome. Yeah, I, lo- Whenever I love. Whenever we came up with this topic, that's the first thing that came to mind. Categories yeah. has like always been my favorite board game, mm-hmm. and again, partially because of that creative aspect of it, where you yes. never you never play the same game of that twice. Nope, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely love categories. It's one that I um I remember the first time I played it. Uh, was at my aunt and uncle's house. Uh, I used to go to my aunt and uncle's house and, and uh, uh, stay with my, my cousins because we were all about the same age and played a lot. Uh, and on Friday nights, especially, we'd like watch TGIF and like play board games and stuff. And we played Scategories. It was my first time ever playing Scategories, and I was just like addicted to it immediately. I was probably like eight. I've played Damn, that did game. Did you just say TGIF and Scategories in like the same sentence? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That yeah. rules. That's like the best sentence I've heard in a long oh, time. Oh, we would also do fondue sometimes. Shit, oh my dude. god. Yeah. My my uh aunt and uncle had like a seventies fondue set and we'd have fondue, TGIF and place categories. It was awesome. So our, you know, like super low rent, like uh poor trashy people thing, TGIF night is when we could go to Win Dixie. You remember yeah. Win Dixie? Uh-huh. Also, here's something for you. We grew up in an age where you had the word Dixie in your southern grocery store. It's stores. true. It's true. And it was Yikes. just really normal. Yeah. Didn't even think fucking twice about it. No. Dixie. Dixie. Woo. Yikes. Anyway, <laughs> so we'd go to Win Dixie. We'd get like a six pack of store brand soda for like a uh-huh. dollar. And we get a can of Pringles. Oh, boy. And just have a big old time. That's watching, a wild night there. Watching Urkel. Uh huh. Watching did he Tool do that? Time. He did. Mm-hmm. He did it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got any cheese? He'd ask. He'd ask that. Uh-huh. Cheese, nerd food, as we know. Uh huh. Sometimes what? he'd be Stefan Urkel, and now he's yeah, cool. Does that happen? He's cool then, man. It's true. Yeah, that was our big old TGIF time right there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, categories. Categories great. Rules, I, I, you know, uh, other games like it, like Balder Dash, etc. Also, yeah. I love word games. Me too. Because I know a lot of words, I guess. Oh, fancy college boy yeah. over here. Well, yeah, I did go to a couple colleges. It's no big deal. What'd you pay for those words, college boy? Oh, Jesus. Everything. Um, my entire <laughs> life, yeah, basically. But you do get, you know, some high scores in board games. So That's true. So who's winning now? Uh, oh, you got a house? Wow. I beat you in categories. So. Eat shit. <laughs> so there is that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, categories. Is, that was also my next on my list too. Oh, okay. I fucking love categories. Um, the the last one on my list is actually probably my number one favorite game. Period. Okay, and uh, it is another card game. Although you have to have specialized cards to play it. I'm mm-hmm. talking about motherfucking German Rummy, also a card game introduced to me by my wife's family. Your wife? Uh, my wife. My. Uh, my wife's family introduced me to this game, and German card decks are a little bit different. They have more jokers in them. <laughs> That's so funny. To reflect the German society. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> we are very funny. In Germany, there are more jokers per square miles than anywhere on Earth. So in our cards, we Look are inserting this guy. He is more a joker. Joker. He makes He is the- a joker. He, ma- <laughs> he makes a joke. Mm, tell us how funny it is, joker. See, he is doing the laughing bit now. <laughs> he is telling <laughs> the joke about how uh, men and women are different. Oh, it is true. It, it is, is true. very funny. 
It is funny because it is true. What is the deal with the men and the women being different? <laughs> Am I correct? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Eine yeah. Yoka. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> so German rummy is it's not really like American rummy exactly. Okay. It is kind of like you're building poker hands in a way where it's like you're trying to build of a kind or straights. Mm-hmm. And it's two decks of cards. So you're playing with like two decks of cards that have extra jokers in them. And you're trying to build these like perfect hands. And there's okay. actually a phenomenal amount of rules where it's like, okay, after the third yeah, round, that sounds everybody, German. Yeah, that's, that's what's German about it, really. <laughs> that is accurately German. So, like, anytime I, like, we want to show somebody this game, it's like, okay. There's a lot of rules, but trust me, it's fun. Just play a few rounds, please. Endure all the rules. They kind of make sense. They are pretty logical rules, and they're fair. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a lot of rules to it. But, dude, it is the most fucking fun card game, and it's like after you get the gist of it, you can just, you know, fucking be sitting there drinking beer and carrying on conversations and play like a million rounds of it. It's so fun. I, I never get tired of that card game. Uh, it's just kind of hard to find people that know how to play it or have I was gonna say, the cards it, to play it. Seems like your 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 main impediment would be getting people to actually learn the rules to play it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's the problem too. Is like you kind of got to stay fresh on them. You got to play a couple, you know, a couple hands of it before you really get the rules. Yeah, and if you don't play it kind of regularly, you'll probably forget them. So it is kind of hard to find people to play with, but it's totally, totally worth it, man. It's such a fun game. Uh, you can play it with Canasta cards, if I'm not mistaken. I think Canasta cards are the same as German Rummy cards. Okay. Uh, might be a little bit easier to find here in the in States. <laughs> oh, in the States. In it. People, people here love Canasta. It's <laughs> yeah, all people clearly. talk about. <laughs> the Canasta craze. When are we going to play Canasta again? Ah! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely look it up, learn the rules and stuff. You'll have a good time. German Rummy, that's my favorite game of all time. Awesome. All right. This this is um a kind of a a, a dual thing here. The the card games where you're basically matching one card to another and one person is determining which one is the best. That is Ooh. apples to apples. Cards yep. Against Humanity. Yes. Okay. Cards Against Humanity almost made my list. I kind of figured you'd have it on here, so that's why yeah. I admitted it. Yeah. Uh, and and I know a lot one. of people are tired of that game because you just kind of run through the same cards. But I've only played it at parties and always just have a fucking blast with it. Oh, yeah. Um, and Apples to Apples is also really awesome. Yeah. Way way less body and vulgar. Le- though it can be real it body. It can get <laughs> Depending on who you're playing with. If you're playing oh, with me yeah. and my wife, it's going to get body. It can turn eggplants to eggplants real fast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really cool one. Those games are just so fun. And, and it's, it's, it's always the best when you're playing with people who are just playing it at a party. Like, where yeah. it's just like... You're all drinking and having fun, and you're looking for the most insane answer. Like, it's weird when you f- come across the people who like are trying to judge it uh, based on accuracy. <laughs> like, uh-huh. what are you doing? Dude. We're trying to have fun here. Like, we're not actually like nobody cares. And that's what's fun about games like that is like whenever the judging is completely you know objective, where it's yeah. like, well, I think this is the best, so that's what wins. Uh-huh. Those are always fun because the game is totally Sub- different subjective. depending on who you're playing yeah. with. Subjective. There we yeah. go. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be... I don't think this is objective. <laughs> I'm going to be mortified when I listen back to this. 
Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much through doing this show. <laughs> uh, but, you know, whenever it's like that and it can be completely different depending on the crowd that you're playing with. Yeah. It it's can. also kind of fun trying to, like, figure out the psychology of, yes. okay, this person's judging, so what's going to mm-hmm. appeal the most to them? This person loves... Uh, pussy jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So if you're playing with fucking dude from Predator, you always go with the huge pussy jokes. Yeah. Shane Black, right? Shane, Shane Black, Black yeah. from Predator. He's got a <laughs> lot of big always pussy wins. jokes. <laughs> what? Predator's so great. <laughs> Who do you think his favorite character on The Sopranos was? <laughs> Do you think he either loved him or was like really let down by Big Pussy? Yeah, yeah. He heard like he heard there's a character named Big Pussy. Oh my god! And I'm then in. it's just like a big Italian guy, and he's like, "Wait, what? Wait, what? It's in what I signed up for." He is kind of funny though. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, that's a good one, man. Cards Against Humanity, all those games that are subjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are fun definitely stuff. fun for that reason, man. Good stuff. Is that your list? Yeah, that's my list. We did it, dude. Those are we our top fucking games to play. We want to hear about your alls over on our Facebook page. Over 1,000 strong and growing <laughs> every day. So every join up over there day. on the on the Facebook. It's the only reason to be on fucking Facebook. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, join us and have a good time and tell us about your favorite games. Do you like the game Clue? I do like the game Clue. My wife hates it. I don't like it either. Okay. Like, I just have never liked it. Like, there's so much of this stuff in this game where I'm like, this doesn't feel fun to me. This feels like (laughs) I am doing homework and having to, like, pay (laughs) close attention and shit. Like, that's not fun. (laughs) So I asked Emily why she hated Clue, and she said that, it was because of the way her dad played the game. And I was like, well, how do you play the game? And she was like, well, he'd like keep track of like all, like all the stuff, like all the guesses and things. And I was like, that's how you play the game. Clue. That's how you play she was it, like, yeah. yeah, I hate that. So yeah, and I don't like yes, that. You hate that too. I get it. Okay. I'm totally with it. Has Emily ever done the, the Enneagram test? Uh, I don't know if she has. I'd be curious to know what her type is. Okay. Yeah. I believe I'm an eight. I don't know. I'm a seven all the seven. way. Seven. Okay. All the fucking way. Seven, man. So, yeah. <laughs> let me know if she ever takes it. I'd, I'd be that interested was, to know about that. It's the, the horoscope for people who don't believe in horoscopes. Yeah. <laughs> the Enneagram. It is weirdly <laughs> accurate. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's true. Uh, interesting stuff. But, yeah, I never really liked the game Clue, which I think kind of, like, bled into my early impressions of this movie because... Right. Uh, well, It's about uh, a game again, you don't like. Yeah, like so many things in my life, I was introduced to this through my wife's family, and like they were all about it. Like I was asking Kate last night whenever we watched the movie, I was like, when do you remember watching this the first time? And she's like, oh, I've just always had this movie. She doesn't remember the first time she saw it. Like her family's just always been into this flick. And uh, I, I remember like playing the board game, not really liking it, and then... You know, they were all stoked to introduce me to the movie, and I was like, I don't know, I just, I don't really like the game. And honestly, right. the first couple times I watched the movie, didn't I like didn't it. really like yeah. it. I knew, uh, I knew. I've this talked about that you. on the show. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't do much for me. But then, sometime I think around last year, we watched it again, and I was like, oh, actually, wait, 
This is this really is funny. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I actually kind of got into it. So I was excited to do it for the show because my opinion on this one has changed. It's kind of weird where like there are certain movies that over time your opinions on them can completely oh, yeah. reverse. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely movies like uh, like Memento, for instance, like that I loved when it when it came out and now I watch it and I'm like, hey, this is needlessly overcomplicated. Like Is it? See, I've not watched that in forever. I think every Christopher Nolan movie is needlessly overcomplicated. Okay, <laughs> like, dude, hard facts. People don't want to hear that, but yeah. that is a fucking fact. Yeah, it is. Yep. Sorry. I mean his bat his Batman his Batman. Batman were, is Batman. Yeah, those those were the best since the Tim Burton ones. Um and and definitely there hasn't, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman is good, but like he ha- he he's didn't not even in good get movies a- though. That's the thing. Yeah, 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 he's not in good movies. I I don't know what we'll get from the Batman. Um, I hope it's good, dude. Yeah, I hope so too. That Riddler costume, I don't like. Ooh, I've not looked at it. Is it lame? No, I mean it's not lame. It's just uh, the thing is, the Riddler is a silly character, and they've kind of grounded him too much. I think with this costume, they've made oh, him no. more like you know what uh, an actual villain would be but like that's that's kind of the problem always with batman is that everybody's trying to ground batman uh mm. and tim burton did it best by not grounding i mean it grounded it more than the 60s show which is the schumacher uh batman which sure you know uh is over the top and campy and whatnot but uh i think on the, purpose yeah but the tim burton batmans were really like you know, I think they capture the spirit of Batman better than any of the others. Agree. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, board oh, games? Clue. Hey, Clue, that's the one. <laughs> we're going to talk about the movie Clue today. When did you watch this the first time? Um, I, I Much like Kate. Uh, Kate and I are about the same age. Uh, we, uh, you know, were just little bitty kids when it actually came out. I don't remember a time not having the movie okay. in my life. I know that my sister and I rented it. All right. Uh, like, I know that we rented it, and we rented it because of the board game Clue, because we had been playing Clue, and we saw that there was a movie, and kid logic was, this will be like the game or like the game we've played that we like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, it's nothing like that, but it also it has all the elements, but then it's goddamn hilarious. Like... I know as a kid I recognized Madeline Kahn because I had seen like uh you know Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and stuff like that before. Um so I, I was probably you know like 6 or so 7 whenever I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um but like I I knew I recognized a couple of people oh and also yeah Doc Brown because I had seen Back to the Future. Right, um, yeah. So I I recognized a couple of people but I remember just as a kid thinking it was so funny like just i didn't get a lot of the jokes obviously like watching it now like as an adult you can tell like there's jokes in here that kids don't understand that's what but i was wondering about of, yeah, yeah. it's like but between you and kate both where it's like when you were little kids were you catching yeah. all this like insanely fast paced yeah. <laughs> obviously you know, wordplay and stuff going and the stuff about like uh, the house on american activities committee and like you know the the running the through line of like communism and socialism and like the, yeah. the uh, mr green being gay like none of those things really hit but the the tone of it just i don't know why it hit it hit perfectly in my kid brain where mm-hmm. it was just like, I know this is all supposed to be funny. 
and I want to understand it. <laughs> and then also, there was, as I've said, Clue was like a sexual awakening film for me. Where yeah. it was like, you know, <laughs> I get uh, that. Yvette, Miss Scarlet, and Miss White, um, just and the singing telegram uh, girl, like oh, all of man. them, just like damn, just my brain being like, I like women. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> Girl's good. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I I th- just we rented that movie so many times after that, like it was a regular, like if we couldn't figure out what to rent that's what we would rent where would you rent it from the video west in morristown all right yeah. i was hoping for that very good call. Yeah. video awesome, west man. was great man i loved that place i remember they got mortal Kombat before the uh video store in jefferson city got mortal Kombat, yep. and yep. i rented it like the first day it was out and i was playing it and i went to school the next day and i said that i had played it last night and uh uh I won't mention his name because he's semi-famous, but he told me I was a, a damn liar because he <laughs> he said, I'm the first name on the list when it comes into the video store. And I was like, not Video West in Morristown, bitch. Not now, you're not, bitch. <laughs> I say semi-famous. He's been on a show is, all, is what I'll say. He's been on a show. Okay. He's been on a show about talent. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And America having it. Do the clue work yourself right there, huh? There you go. Uh-huh. There you <laughs> figure go. out figure out who that is. <laughs> and uh dude, like I, I was just wondering if somebody walked up to you in the hallway going, Are you a god? Because <laughs> you played Mortal Kombat for everybody yeah. else. I had I had beaten it too. Cause like, you know, I impossible. Played it. First night, no way. Oh, absolutely possible. If you played the SNES version, you know that to beat Goro, all you have to do is backflip into the corner and just keep kicking, and he just keeps coming at you. It's stupid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the AI on that was kind of fun. But yeah, Shang Tsung was tough. Yeah. But I be- uh, yeah, I beat it the first night with Johnny Cage. Again, I you can see why that person maybe called me a damn liar. But You damn liar. <laughs> I'm, I'm with him. You know what? Two against one. I'm with him here. <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> Whoever this mystery man may be. Uh-huh. I side with him. Yeah, and this movie, dude, is kind of a spoof on all things mystery movie, and I feel like I feel like I should know more about that genre. You know, like it, it seems like if you're watching fucking scary movie, you should know stuff about horror movies. Oh yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is that this is um, this is a spoof overall of mystery movies, but of not of any particular mystery movie. It's not like so, overly specific, exactly. right? So there's no like it, it. It's not like scary movie, whereas you know the first scary movie is just Scream and I know what you did last summer mashed together. Like there are several scenes that are just straight out of those movies but just slightly tweaked like the the scene where he's like screaming uh from i know what you did last summer where he's like screaming at uh what's her name jennifer love hewitt oh yeah in scary movie it's the exact same thing except he's like eventually just punching on a ferris like (laughs) (laughs) like, there's not much change there but in this it, it really is just the tropes of a mystery movie not any particular mystery movie Well, what I was kind of thinking of is I was like, man, I really wish that I knew more about mystery movies and stories so I could appreciate some of the things that it's, you know, spoofing in this. But then it also got me kind of thinking about other things that are similar where, like, you know, my entire life I've loved Airplane. Like, Airplane, I think, is one of the funniest movies ever fucking Uh made. Yeah. 
But that was also spoofing a lot of these movies that were happening yeah, in that time period. Particularly the movie Airport, which was yeah. a big blockbuster that nobody talks about anymore because it really wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, and like I know nothing about any of those movies that it's kind of making fun of, but at the same time, you don't need to because it's just standalone no. fucking yeah. funny. Yeah, and, and, and it is a similar type of humor in that, like, that Mel Brooks, the airplane uh, guys, forget their names, um, they used a lot of, like, wordplay and, like, fast talking and stuff and, like, quick momentum. Like, comedies that don't lose momentum. Yeah. And this is very much that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So even though I don't really feel like I'm getting a lot of the tropes that they're making fun of, it doesn't feel like it's, like, excluding me as right. a watcher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the writer-director of this is a cat that I, I just learned today went on to make one of the fucking best movies ever, My Cousin Vinny. I had no yeah. idea about like the, the production going on with this flick. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and this is his first, um, first uh, feature-length film. He had been uh, a television person before this. Um, so this, this is his first time directing. Wait, like the TV people from Poltergeist? Yep. He was a person from the television. He's yeah. one of the TV people. Yeah. He was pulled, he was pulled out by Zolda Rubenstein and, and fucking <laughs> made this movie, made this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him, man. Yeah. It was it's the American it was... dream. Just like Poltergeist. <laughs> the American dream is to be pulled out of a television and become yeah. a director. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, he directed, uh, he went on to direct My Cousin Vinny, uh, Sergeant Bilko, which is a funny movie with Steve Martin, um, uh, The Whole Nine Yards, which was like Bruce Willis and, uh, Matthew Perry, I think. But yeah, he, he nothing, nothing, um, other than, Clue and My Cousin Vinny are the two I would say stand out the most as mm. his best pictures for sure. Um, Word. Also, a uh, story by John Landis as well. John Landis um, kind of came up with the idea for the three separate endings and stuff. Cool. Um, but I had never noticed this until the first time I watched this for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Produced by Deborah Hill. So now it's a horror movie. Now obviously. it's a fucking horror movie. There are enough tropes in here, I think, to excuse talking about this movie. The Black Glove Killer. Produced by okay. Deborah Hill. Yeah. And several yeah. murders. I mean, that's there definitely are. horror stuff. But There's yeah. Killings. It, yeah. Produced by Deborah Hill. Like, I really had not noticed no, the impact that Deborah Hill had on my childhood because. For real, right? So much of my childhood was John Carpenter movies and Clue. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Deborah thank Hill you, was Deborah all Hill. there for that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't noticed that either. Like, we started the movie up last night. And it's like one of the first things you see is like a Deborah Hill production. And yeah. I paused the movie right away and I was like, wait, 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 like the, the Deborah Hill? Hill? <laughs> yeah. What? Dude, like her and like, like fucking Fran Walsh are just like the most, yeah. you know, hugely impactful behind the scenes ladies And uh, the MCU's casting director. Um, oh, I forget dude, her name. yeah. She's absolutely one of the most influential women in cinema right now. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Yeah, so they put this movie together, and it was, of course, based on, on the board game. And it feels like, you know, nowadays, I think we're kind of used to everything getting franchised out and everybody looking at every IP and being like, okay, so we can make a video game and a candy bar and an app based around this property. But right. I guess at the time, this just seemed like out-and-out out, like commercialism kind of stuff where people were just like... It would like, have to. Ooh, yeah. they made a movie out of a board game? Let's not go see it. Because it was yeah, like, a flop this was, whenever it came out. Yeah. It, 
there are a couple things there. I think for sure the adaptation of a board game aspect would drive a lot of people away. Even when but you say it out loud, it doesn't sound fun, honestly. Right. <laughs> but also the fact that the three endings you see in the home release were shown randomly at different theaters. So you could be talking about Clue with a friend who had also seen it, and you'd be like, and that ending, and you both saw a completely different ending. Yeah. Which doesn't drive word of mouth. It's like, kind of cool in a way where it's like, it is you know, cool. you, you can go see this movie and depending on which reel they show you for the final act, yeah. you might have seen a different movie than me. Like it's a very like highbrow concept, but well, it's maybe also it just wasn't the time for it. I I mean it is a highbrow concept, but the the driving force behind it was we'll get three ticket sales out of one person. <laughs> like ah, they it's very see all much the like Yeah, this was very much like I think from Landis's perspective, kind of cynically done, whereas Jonathan Lynn, I think, very much wanted to make his first film a masterpiece, and mm. I think he did it. Um, it. It just got kind of killed by the concepts that it very much is a cash-in on the popularity of the board game and very much was trying to cash in even more by trying to get three ticket sales out of one person, like... That, that definitely, I think, hurt it overall. But the reason it has a cult following is because the home release shows all three endings, and we loved that. Like, as a kid, I remember loving that. This, like, sort of amb ambiguous ending, but also, like, playing off of the way that the game Clue flows, which is yeah, you make some guesses along the way and find out that, like, you know what what wasn't correct and then you make your accusation at the end like that's the the i am finally like this is what it is i'm pretty sure you know like i so it as a fan of the game i liked that aspect of it from the home release but i guarantee if i had gone to the theaters and seen the second ending it ends so fucking abruptly <laughs> that I would have been like, what the fuck? I love I this movie that. up to this point. Yeah, because if you're watching this movie at home and you watch this entire like 10-minute Tim Curry run-through, and then it's like, or this could have happened. Here's another 10 minutes of almost the same thing. Or this could have happened. Here's another 10 minutes. It probably would be really taxing. So I assume... The yeah, multiple the, endings they showed us are pared down. Yeah, I think I think you're correct in that. That the yeah, it would have looked different in the theater, and there probably it wouldn't have ended so abruptly. That second I hope. ending. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> also, there was a fourth ending shot, what? but not shown. But it was part of the novelization of the, oh. the movie. So basically, the fourth ending is that the butler did it. Um, and he has in fact poisoned the champagne and all of the people die. And then the cops come and he escapes and steals a cop car. But then in the back of the cop car is a snarling dog. And the implication would be that the dog then gets him, I guess. Uh, and they cut it cause it's too dark. It's way too dark. Whoa. It just wasn't as funny. So holy shit. Yeah. They they, that's crazy. they really went with it, I think. Like, and that's cool. Like to to actually like because what they they did with the movie is you know they integrated parts of the game, but they made it a standalone thing, and I like that a lot. And nobody's been able to do that again. Like 
Jumanji does a, a great job, but it's not an adaptation of a board game. It's a board game that came about because of the movie. Yeah, it went in reverse, right? Right. Yeah. So any other attempts at that, like Battleship, like in if in 2008 somebody had told me, trust me, Battleship is not what you're expecting, and I had seen Battleship and it was clue-like <laughs> in some way, yeah. that would have blown my mind. But no, right. it's it, it's just so much like board game adaptations are just cash-ins and this wasn't one of those and it got it got kind of buried because the expectation was that it was just a cash-in once it hit home video it became a cult classic well i mean technically the horror series ouija is a board game turned into a movie oh okay good point uh identical the first movie isn't great but the second one is good and it's mike flanagan oh really yeah yeah oh. that second one and you don't have to see the first one to watch the second one so you, you can just skip straight to it but i know if you're a completionist uh i i also understand i watched the first one just to see the second one because it's mike planning word yeah i need yeah. to get around to watching that man and uh i heard that what was that fucking rock'em sock'em robots movie they made with like oh right with hugh jackman, uh, in it? Hugh jackman right i heard uh -huh. that was actually real good. steel real steel that's uh -huh. it man i never did see it because it's a rock'em sock'em robots it's a rock'em sock'em robots movie let's be honest a, here a game that's just mashing two buttons until a head pops off like how Sounds do you like turn my that into a movie hi yo <laughs> hey, 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 hey. yeah so i never did see that one but yeah the world of like board games being turned into movies isn't exactly like fertile ground but i mean we've seen the same with video games like yeah there really aren't that many good video game adaptations and there are a ton of attempts oh yeah but you know something that helps this movie out in being a successful adaptation is of course that the the cast is god oh, damn man. ridiculous it is let's go through so this cast good. Okay, and just so fucking got, talk about all these people because it's insane. We got, uh, and I'm going to go alphabetically as the uh, as the cast list does. We got Eileen Brennan, Miss Peacock. Yeah, fucking hilarious, amazing. Just, she it probably is the funniest character in the movie. She probably. has the most like. She has the most like, very funny lines and very funny moments. I feel like. And she's being like hysterical through a lot of the movie I and love like it. over the top and silly. <laughs> so and great. Like, you you might not know her by name, but she's one of those people that like whenever you see her, you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen her as like an old lady in a million things. Yeah, yeah, she's in a million things. <laughs> she's in a past episode, Jeepers Creepers. Go check out that episode. Though. Shit, was fuck, she really? Yeah, though fuck fuck uh that guy who is a pedophile and child rapist. Yep, um, fuck that guy. And uh, we gave that movie Victor zero. Salva. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, spoiler for that episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Eileen Brennan's amazing. And then we got Tim Curry, the other absolute fucking gem. Tim the, the like, fuck Curry, dude. And like, this is this is bef like this is Tim Curry, who's most famous on stage at this point. He hasn't yeah. even done Legend yet. Legend comes Whoa. out later this year. Oh shit! What a busy year. Actually, it for came this out guy. around the same time in England, and it came out later in 1986 in America. So, but yeah, he that hadn't hit. It hadn't hit. Like he only over there, it was called Legendo, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, it was called Legendo. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Tim Curry. I mean, he drives the movie. Fuck he is yeah! Simultaneously, like a fastidious 
butler type while also this like unhinged madman. It, it's great. Amazing. Madeline Kahn. Ma- I mean, come on. Do we even have to fucking explain Madeline Kahn? She'd already like had two Academy Award nominations for Young Frankenstein and A Paper Moon at this point. She's probably the biggest star in the cast at this oh, point. Oh, you know what? That is something else I watched this week. Fucking History of the World Part 1. Oh, fuck yeah. She's in that. She's great. Dude, it had been so long since we watched that. We turned that on the other night. And man, that, that scene where she's going through and like picking all the dudes out of the line and she's like, mm-hmm. yes, no, 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 yes. <laughs> and then at the end she goes, Olay. <laughs> she's a fucking treasure. She's she one of like the greatest absolute. comedians and improvisers yeah. we have ever had. I absolutely. will not hear a fucking bad word about Madeline Kahn. No, you're correct. And she is like subdued in this. She is playing. She's playing the grieving widow in this and she's still fucking amazing. But like, um, also the like maybe Black Widow, like that. Yeah, kills oh, she, her definitely, and she stuff. definitely killed her husband <laughs> for sure, man. But she is actually kind of subdued in this. She has her moments, and I think like her funniest moments in this are uh, the the I assume improvised like flames. Yeah, she improvised thing. that the flames <laughs> out of the side of my face, heaving heaving breaths. Yeah, yeah, she's fucking hilarious. And I love that scene too at the very end of the movie where. Um, you know, Tim Curry's doing his big run through the house and stuff, and he's like dragging her up the steps, and she just like falls face first on the steps and just lays there. <laughs> I was wondering if that was an because that felt like it happened on accident. Yeah, in, but they just in a previous take, and then they were like, "Actually, that's really funny. Yeah. Just do that." <laughs> yeah, she's got so many moments in this that are that are subtle. Like we're kind of used yeah. to seeing Madeline Kahn be a little bit more like chewing it up you know uh-huh yeah she's way more subdued in this and it works so great yeah oh she's perfect man perfect um christopher lloyd back to the future had just come out this year um a little bit before this so when they filmed this christopher lloyd wasn't doc brown yet crazy to think about that because that's know, just one of those things like considering our age group he's always yeah. been doc he's brown. always been doc brown yeah so yeah it, it, yeah to think about the casting director putting this together and then by the next year, two of the people who weren't major stars are now major stars. Like, For real, right? Crazy, yeah. Um, Amazing also, yeah. he is, too. He's hilarious. He is yeah. um, nasty yeah. and lecherous so and just yes. fucking gross. <laughs> yes. And he, he plays that really well. People don't know that because like, he's Doc Brown to most of us. But like, see, check out Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. Like. There's a Dude, scene where he's talking check about out, I'm eating not a serial shit. killer, you know? Oh yeah, check out I'm not I'm not a serial killer. Also, talking yeah. about eating shit, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Spongy apparently. Um <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Uh Michael McKean, who is a goddamn treasure. Come um, on, man. David St. Hubbins. Yep. Uh he you know, he's a star at this point, a television star, Laverne and Shirley, but yeah, he had also done This is Spinal Tap before this. Um, but yeah, you know, he, his future is way bigger after this. He's definitely, you know, done so many things. Um, amazing improviser, fucking hilarious guy. Yeah. He's great. Also Martin Mull, who, you know, we've seen in a million television comedies after this, but before this he's, he's known for, you know, just, he, he was more of a film guy at this point. It feels like, like he had a a lot of films come out in the eighties. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's, he's been on Arrested Development and tons of things since then. Hilarious. So uh, good. And then also Leslie Ann Warren playing Miss Scarlet. 
who uh, I was surprised to find out is almost 40 when they're filming Dude, this. She, she is, is so hot. Irrationally it's hot insane. in this movie. Good yes. lord, dude. Like, I don't know what the deal... Like, I paused the movie at some point and I was like, why is she so, like, irrationally fucking hot in I this know. movie? I know. It's crazy. Like, she gets, like... The moments when, like, she gets super excited about everything Tim Curry is saying or just oh, like... Dude. Damn! Like, because that's, like, a performance. She is doing that herself. I know. And just, like, fucking bringing it and being so sexy and then, like, doing that, like... She's she's a real, like... She's got that real good, like, 1940s, 50s, like... um, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, patter. Like, she she's really, like... She's quick. Her and yeah, Tim Curry is. together are, like, real good. They're killer together, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like for some reason in my head, I always call her not Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I in also, my head, I want her to be Susan Sarandon, and she's yeah. not. I also think of her as not Beverly Crusher because she looks like the actress who played Beverly Crusher on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, I never watched that. Is she similar? Oh, well, yeah. Also a hottie, Susan Sarandon. Word. Also a hottie. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Hot ladies, but yeah. dude, Miss Scarlet in this fucking takes cake. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Yvette, I guess, is the next biggest the maid uh, character, the maid, with her tits on full display the whole time. My God. My it is, God. This movie is irrationally sexy for a board game adaptation. I don't <laughs> get where this came comedy. from. <laughs> and I always forget about it until we start watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this movie is like fucking horny as fuck. It's yes. just a fucking thirsty ass movie yeah exactly it is so horny and i love it for that it was uh go back to our mummy episode it was one of my sexual awakening movies like i see why i get it i'm sure yes. it's that way for a lot of fucking i people. imagine it was yeah absolutely just a lot of hot ladies in this um, oh yeah and then yeah we we also got uh what's his name mr body who was the front man for uh the hardcore punk man fear yeah what the fuck i had to do some research because i was like what is this guy from exactly because yeah he's, he's weird and like really sleazy and sinister looking uh -huh. and i looked it up and it, it was like oh yeah from the fucking hardcore band fear and i was like what holy yeah. shit what is he doing in here exactly what is he doing in here and why is uh why is um uh, jane wideland from the go-go's the singing telegram girl what I but wondered about fucking... her too because, like, she shows up. I mean, literally, just to get killed, and she's yeah. extremely attractive, and, yes. cute, and then just dies. And I'm like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> it it is like a a real strange moment where it's like, yeah, th this person shows up, gets killed, then they show her face, and you're like, whoa, she's way cute. Adorable. Wait, what was that? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we got uh, w what's the Mrs. Ho Kelly Nakahara. Uh -huh. So that's basically the whole cast other than the people who drop by, which is... Uh, like the cop, the motorist. The, the motorist, the cop, and uh, Howard Hessman of WKRP stops by as a, an evangelist slash chief of police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty, like, it seems like a big cast, but this is a pretty tight movie. Like, everyone's distinct. Everyone's their own character. It's, Very much. it's pretty easy to remember each and every single character's like, uh, you know, their, their, their personality, who they are, how they're going to act. It's it, it, the movie almost rewards you for 
paying the tiniest bit of attention, much like the board game Clue. <laughs> like, I was going to say, much like last week's entry, Chopping Mall. Oh, fuck. <laughs> By the right? way, I rewatched that again. I watched it with Why? Emily. Why? What is the so matter she, with you? So she could listen to the episode. I watched it with Emily. <laughs> it's even worse than I remembered. Like Man, you're I, wrong, dude. Doctor Carrington. Okay, so uh, Angus, uh, the the Phantasm guy, Doctor Carrington. Man. Yeah. He he appears. He's one of the people. He's the only person who asks a question in the presentation at the beginning. No shit. And that he's only shown in a long shot. You don't even like see he's kind of like obscured. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's so what stupid. A, I know. Agree. <laughs> I agree. What a waste of perfectly good Angus. Yeah. Boy, he could have just said that and that would have been it. Mm -hmm. The presentation's about to begin. Boy. Yeah. That'd have been better. Yep, I agree. <laughs> so yeah, yeah the, I mean, the cast in this just fucking brings it, dude. And awesome. you're right. It's like it's all this tight-ass cast of really discernible, distinct characters, and it's all in one location. It's all taking place mm -hmm. in this mansion. Which, which is a set. The sets are beautiful in <laughs> beautiful this, man. Beautiful set, yeah. Like, I was really constantly trying to be like, is this a real house or are these sets? Because it does seem like a living, breathing, real yeah. environment. Yeah. Well, obviously, we got the exterior there that, that you know... Um, actually looks smaller than the interior house obviously mm -hmm. like yeah because the interior seems gigantic uh but yeah the interior is actually uh it, it's redesigned sets from um uh fuck what is it called dallas was it dallas it was one of those like 80s soap operas really yeah but i never watched any of that shit no i mean dynasty it's from dynasty um mm. but yeah it, it, it's um it's gorgeous and like the whole time watching it like i remember as a kid this was like the the set off of i want uh secret passages and secret rooms in my house oh fuck yeah yeah of course i do yeah like watching this as a kid was just like oh i want that so bad um <laughs> and, and knowing that that's never gonna happen probably but still uh it, watching it again just paying attention to the house itself the the design of the set is gorgeous like they yeah. really went all out on it oh yeah completely man you got all these like really beautiful like carved mantle pieces and uh -huh. all this gorgeous yeah. furniture and all this shit Great like it, it really just it does just seem awesome. real you know yeah mm -hmm. and you yep. get to know like a good layout of the of the of the house and stuff too by the end of the movie like there's so much running between room to room and referring to the rooms is like, oh, let's go to the study, let's go to the dining room. Like, uh -huh. It's, again, very much like the board game in that way yep. where you get a good yep. layout of the map of the place. And the board game has the secret passages and stuff. And like right. the fact that they were true to the board game, like the fact that, that Jonathan yeah. Lynn was like, I'm going to make a great comedy, but I'm still going to like accomplish the assignment of making an adaptation of the board game. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, man. And it's interesting, too, whenever you look at that adaptation of the board game where you find out that these characters are all in this mess, in this situation, because they're all being blackmailed, because they're all, like, kind of shitty people for one yeah. reason or another. Except for Mr. Green, who is just gay. Um, yeah, that, that that's the thing, is, like, the for the time is, period. Yeah, in the 50s would mean he would lo not only lose his job, but probably be blacklisted entirely sure uh, because of the house on american activities committee which is a, a like running background theme 
yeah. throughout the movie. Like we it's see set in fifty four. Yeah, we see Senator McCarthy on the TV, like in the kitchen that the the cook is watching. Uh, they mention McCarthy. They mention Hoover. They mention uh, the House on American Activities Committee. They mention like being blacklisted because of being gay, being blacklisted because of being a socialist. Yeah. Uh, communism is a red herring is in every one of the three endings. Like, Oh yeah. So that that's all in the background because it, it's really capturing the fifties feel, which again, Jonathan Lynn did not have to do this. He did no. not have to go this hard on a board game adaptation, but he did. Found um, a way to make it work. It doesn't exactly. seem like shoehorned in there. Like it doesn't seem like you'd be like, "Oh man, Professor Plum would never have done that." <laughs> Whatever. <Right. laughs> like it somehow is functional and makes sense, and it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah, everybody is kind of you know uh, seriously. Mr. Green is the best person, and he and Michael McKean plays it that way. Like he plays him as like in over his head because he's yeah. just he's just gay he's not yeah, doing that's anything all. That's all he's wrong got to hide. No. <laughs> like yeah like he he is wrong for the time but he's not wrong in any way these people are bad people uh well, scarlet's generally a pretty good person who's just uh using her position to uh you know get a little bit of power she, she's yeah. probably the second least worst everybody else is pretty much just bad yeah, pretty much. And I love how like uh uh Michael McKean's innocence of the entire thing is is so summed up whenever he shows up to the house and like Tim Curry's out there with the dogs and he like yells at the dogs to sit and he just like sits down on that bench yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just a sweet to, boy who's, who's nice wrapped guy. up in this terrible shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, like Miss Scarlet, like, yeah, she she runs a uh, a, a sex workers establishment. But what? Yeah, that's not a problem. That's not inherently yeah. bad. I mean, like that's that's legal in much of the world. But she is blackmailing people, which is kind of using their rules against them, which I kind of don't have much of a problem with. No. If you're saying like, you, you know, all these people are saying sex work is bad, but then they are utilizing sex workers. I I'm cool with you blackmailing those people because they suck. Yeah, sure. Well, especially <laughs> all these like you know DC politicians and stuff exactly. that are keeping it illegal but taking advantage of it. Fuck you yep. anyway. Exactly. So I'm 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 on the side of Mr. Green and Miss Scarlet. But yeah, everybody else. I know. Like, I guess technically, Wadsworth didn't do anything wrong. He he was just trying to cover up for his wife, yeah. who would have been blacklisted because she associated with socialists. Mm-hmm. That was that was basically it. Though in one of the endings, he is in fact bad. So that that's where I'm a little iffy on Wadsworth. But right, yeah, and, and there's no like redeeming quality for uh, Colonel Mustard, Miss Peacock, Miss White. Miss White is she's a murderer. Miss Peacock. Yeah, is, I was is, gonna say like yeah. Meanwhile, Miss <laughs> White like not only killed her husband but also like decapitated him and cut his dick off. Yeah. Yeah, whoa, she's, she's not <laughs> she's very a nice. Killer, like, <laughs> holy shit, dude, she is yeah. stone cold. Yeah, Miss Peacock, uh, you know, utilizing her uh, politician husband's uh, advantages and and basically swaying his vote for money. Um, what do you got, Professor Plum? Who's just a ra- uh, honestly, he's not too bad if he had like in modern day if. Professor Plum were open with all of his partners, basically he would be fine. But he's a cheater. That's the thing about him. He cheats a lot. 
has sex with a lot of women outside of his his uh relationship. Uh, Colonel Mustard, it working on the bomb. <laughs> like he's yeah. working, <laughs> he fucking sucks. He's working to kill a lot of people, a whole lot. Yeah, and uh, who else we got? Mister Body, Mister Body. We don't really know if he was actually scummy or not because. One of the endings tells us that he was actually Wadsworth's butler, so he probably was just being blackmailed yeah, to do probably. all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mrs. Ho did nothing wrong except for serve monkeys' brains. I mean, hey, what did those monkeys do to them anyway? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Don't don't eat don't eat primates, please. <laughs> no, please don't, man. Yeah. Dude, Christopher Lloyd in this is grabby as fuck like he yeah is the he fucking is yeah you know what character. that's true he yeah he is a fucking sex pest like he is absolutely yeah. i forgot that he is like because like yeah if it's just cheating it's like well that's not the worst thing it sucks you're a shitty person yeah but yeah he is just grabby with miss scarlet and like yvette Oh, and he also, like, well, isn't he the one sitting next to Mr. Green when they say that Mr. Green's gay, and when he sits back down, he, like, gets up and walks off? Yeah, like, he's and that's totally, not presented totally as like the it's not presented as, like, he's funny. Because Mr. Green, like, responds kind of deflated. It, I yeah. think that is to show he's a bad person. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, I was really watching this with a keen eye to be like, is this one of those fucking 80s movies where, like like you were talking about um, Ski School or whatever right. last week, where you're like, <laughs> the week. joke is, gay people, ooh. Right. Like, is this movie making a joke out of David St. Hubbins being a gay character? And I don't think that it is. I don't I think, think it's it showing is, no. you that the people that are reacting negatively to it are shitty, and, like, yeah. he's just a fucking normal person exactly yeah that's that's exactly how michael mckean plays it as like this is just a normal everyday guy who's gotten wrapped up with these people because who he is is criminalized yeah but he's not like them yeah and there's nothing wrong with him for being gay. exactly like i don't yeah. think this movie at all tries to play it as like what a weirdo huh no though the, the i do <laughs> it is a real funny like reversal in that third ending where he's like, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was also undercover like, as a gay man. <laughs> or was that him just like saying something that's so hilariously hetero to continue right. to disguise it, himself exactly. as being gay that, in front of the FBI? Exactly. Either way, like, it's hilarious. That's like part of the joke, isn't it? Because it's like, wait, is he being for real or is he like putting on his front in front of other right. lawmen yeah, yeah like what would a straight man say right now i'm going to go home and have sex with my wife yeah. who's a woman like <laughs> exactly it's funny either way honestly yes it is yeah I, I yeah i think i think they did a good job with that and did a good job with like uh not make because like they had to add in that miss scarlet was uh blackmailing people to kind of give a twist to maybe she isn't the best person because being a sex worker is not a bad thing no. and the movie doesn't present it that way no it doesn't no yeah. again it's it's pretty respectful especially for like yeah. a, you know a mid 85 1985 movie set in the 50s like i'm gonna say it does pretty good it it, it definitely uh hits above its weight <laughs> considering yeah. the topics there right exactly and it's funny too is that like they they put michael mckean in these situations where you know again him as the 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 gay character 
uh, <laughs> within the first couple minutes of his introduction, he spills liquids on several women's boobs. Okay, <laughs> that does happen. I lo- I love that he gets paired with Yvette, and he is the only one who is just annoyed by Yvette. Like, I know all the like, other men are leering just... over, and some of the women are leering over. That's what I was gonna say, man. Yeah. Kind of tying back into like this whole like horny as fuck thing that this movie has going on. Yeah. Like it's got everybody... some buy energy for sure. <laughs> oh, dude, this movie has big buy energy. We actually talked about maybe doing a preview palace of movies that have big buy energy. This yeah. movie absolutely does. For like, sure. yeah, like everybody mm. is checking out Yvette's boobs. Like the yep. women are checking out the women. Like mm-hmm. everything is going on in this movie. Yep, for, for fucking sure. sure. For sure, I think yeah, th- this movie does have big buy energy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like if uh, yeah, the fact that Mr. Green is just annoyed by being paired off with Yvette, and that yeah. like, uh, they they're both scared, like that not like because he doesn't have to try to pretend to impress her, so he's just like, no, nah, I'm scared to go up into that attic. Yeah, and she's like, you know, also scared. Like it's so cute. Like they they're a perfect pairing. Yeah, they are, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, in addition to uh, definitely being funded by by Big Buy obviously uh-huh. as this movie was i think this movie was also as many films are under the umbrella of being funded by big necro pushing that yes. big necrophile agenda dude there's a scene in this movie where some people gotta play it cool by doing what making out with corpses if that's not some <laughs> fucking big necro energy i don't know what is 100 percent big necro energy like uh it, it <laughs> What's really funny to me is that the person making out with Mr. Body, you can very clearly see the blood on his forehead. Like, yeah, like that's some intense making it's like, out. Damn, they're going hard. They're going <laughs> like vampire the co- style. The cop sees it and he's like, yeah, no, I've been there. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the cop is unfazed. He's like, there's nothing wrong with this. It's America. It's a free country. Haven't you heard? God, Y'all get together so- and fuck. Whatever. The thing, like, we... We shouldn't fall into the territory of trying to break down the comedy because that just makes things way Not unfunny. Funny, yeah. Yeah. But like just the way that like the it has and and this is probably too big to say, but it has Shakespearean qualities, the script. Huh. Like a lot of wordplay, a lot oh, of misunderstandings, so like a lot of just like a lot of things that Shakespeare really relied on for his comedy and and like has been relied on by playwrights forever. Um, He wasn't the only one. So it kind of has that play like quality to it that I really like. And there was many moments in this. Yeah. Where I was saying this could be a play. Yeah. I I was going to say, I don't know if it has been, maybe has been adapted to the stage, but adapted, adapted, (laughs) um, but if it hasn't, it could be. And this honestly could be a musical. Like, I could see this For being sure. a real fun musical. With music by ABBA, of course. <laughs> well, actually, the music in this is by uh, Mel Brooks's guy, John Morris. So, frequently oh. collaborated with Mel Brooks. Uh, uh, History of the World Part One, he did that. You know, I think Young Frankenstein, like uh, Spaceballs after this. So Damn. Yeah, he, he, he knows his comedy, and he knows it's obvious in watching this, he knows when to be there. Like mm-hmm. the music is never overbearing, no. but 
it really comes into play in that like retelling of events with uh you know the running back and forth and the just the musical stings throughout that really emphasizing the comedy oh yeah which again that's a real like mystery tale spoof is like the entire recounting of like yes it Uh all began when this happened and when you Uh were here we were here like that's such a yeah pivotal point in all these mysteries and everything yeah you can still see that in like knives out or you know those those adaptations of agatha christie by um what's his name who played frankenstein (laughs) oh yeah yeah, that's it kenneth branagh yeah yeah it's very much like an element of those and the soundtrack does just kind of elevate those moments it really i'll put it this way it reads the room very well like early on in the movie whenever we have these parts where like people are driving up to this big scary mansion and like even when Christopher Lloyd's car dies and she's like, what happened? He's like, it's frightened. Like, it's this very, like, old school horror movie kind of soundtrack. Yeah. And other times it does have more levity to it whenever the scene calls for it. It's very, like, tailor-made for the movie, Just, which I appreciate. You know what? To say old school horror movie is I actually see more spoofing of old school horror movies than mystery movies word they say they're going to hill house i know i was wondering about right? that this time too i was like wait hill house it's got a lot of that feeling of haunting of hill house like it, it, it has a whole lot of that feeling to me and those more like 50s like go to a scary house type of movies yeah but you know it is obviously a mystery plot but i like uh, I guess I'm trying to defend why we would cover this on a horror podcast, though I know we don't have to. I do think there are a ton of horror elements in this that make it so that I I think this is a perfect movie for a horror movie audience. Mm, it's a really mm. good comedy for people who like horror movies. I could say the same thing about like Knives Out and stuff too, sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, Knives Out, perfect, yeah. Yeah, especially if you like Giallo stuff. I mean, uh-huh. you know, Giallo stuff yeah. is all about the black glove killer. Who's the killer? Who's doing all this uh-huh. stuff? Oh, it's you, then that person dies. Like, right. This movie has that. Yeah, Giallo does rely a lot on the whodunit and the uh, not being able to figure out the twist, etc. Though, for it to be full Giallo, we would have to have seen somebody get stabbed through the mouth or like... Oh, yeah, it'd have to be way more brutal. <laughs> a weird puppet shows up or something. Or, <laughs> turns out Mr. Body had a deformed child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> living in the attic or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be Dario's adaptation of this for sure. It'd be a taste of the old country, no doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is fucking rad, man, and it's enhanced by... The comedic tone, which I do think is all yeah. over the place. As you said, there is there is a lot of stuff that goes by extremely quickly, quickly that's all based on, on wordplay. Yeah. Like, so much stuff that even if you're not watching with captions, you'll probably miss a lot of jokes that go by For so fast. For sure, yeah. And there's also real subtle stuff, too. Like, kind of the first joke in the movie is that Wadsworth steps in dog poop. And yeah. then everyone that he meets after has a moment where they kind of smell the dog poop and check their feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the first joke of the movie. And it, it's, like, so subtle, but also, like, it really rewards you for paying attention. Also, those two dogs are so sweet, snuggling up in oh, that little house my, together. Uh, don't listen. No outside dogs, please. They want us, man. They want to live with the family. Don't make them stay outside on a fucking chain. I know. It bummed me out to think like, oh, yeah, that is how a lot of people kept their dogs. I know. And still do some people. And still do some people. Yeah. Thankfully, I think less 
than than yeah. we have in our lifetimes, but still. Yeah. I, I have on, a neighbor man. who is like hardcore Trump supporter. Um, and even he takes his dog in at Come night. On. He lets his dog stay outside all day unless it's raining and he, he brings him in at night. So like even people uh, who want to overtake the fucking Capitol building are like, yeah, but bring the dog in. Yeah, for serious. Have like, a fucking heart, if guys. If you're keeping come your on. dog outside, bring, bring, bring doggy in, please. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, but there is a lot of like really subtle humor in this that just whizzes by. And it's because like a lot of the dialogue is really fast-paced, where it doesn't give you that moment to sit there and laugh about a joke that went by because the dialogue is continually moving forward. Yeah, It yeah. is, again, very theatrical, very play-like in that way. Yes, yeah, and I, I like that about it. I think that's probably what attracted Tim Curry to it, because up to this point, like he had done most mostly stage stuff, including then the actual film adaptation of Rocky Horror. Uh, this feel feels like a play, and it that it's a good way, I think, to adapt a stage actor into film, like to just have something that feels normal to them that feels mm. like i'm just presenting this without an audience and and he fucking like tim curry and like i said miss peacock is the funniest in this but tim curry carries the movie oh fuck yeah dude and he's kind of just the intermediary kind of character you know where it's like he's yeah. he's just kind of the guy that is there telling everybody why they're there and kind of being the host of the event but at the same time he's damn near the main character yeah absolutely because he, he, yeah, he's like the first one we see. He's the one we, we follow throughout. He's basically our narrator in the fact that he, like, recounts the entire events of the movie and delivers all the exposition. Like, he, he is the one who does all the the work of making the movie happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's so good with that verbal comedy, but also some of the slapsticky stuff, too, because there yes. is a fair amount of... <laughs> slapstick comedy like i said madeline Kahn falling face first on the stairs earlier like another moment to me that was really funny in this that's just physical comedy is there's that part where i think i think it's whenever they're talking about like oh you know this person being blackmailed because they had friends that were socialists or communists uh -huh. or whatever and he's like leaning up against that table that's all full of like glassware <laughs> and like liquor and Mr. stuff Green. yeah michael mckee and it like the, the entire table collapses and all this glass shatters. And as soon as it does, like he stands up and is like, sorry, and straightens his pocket square. Like that's yeah. the first thing he does is fucking straighten his pocket square. Like that's what matters right now. And he goes, yes. sorry, and just fixes it. Oh, it's genius. There's also uh, Mr. Body Three Stooges Martin Mull. Oh, he, yeah. Like, stomps eye pokes his foot him. and then eye pokes him. So silly. Just fucking so out of silly. nowhere. But there's like not really all that much attention given to it, so it just moves on. Like, yeah, that's it just the thing. Moves, there's a lot yes. of humor in this. There's not a yeah. lot of just like here's where you pause to laugh. Yeah, moving on. It just goes. I think that's kind of what appealed to me as a kid is that it trusts you to get it. Oh, Whereas, definitely. Like, you know, most of what I had seen up to that point was like TV and stuff that like was constantly reassuring you it's funny. This mm -hmm. kind of just trusts you to understand and and to to like get the humor and totally. to flow with it totally dude yep that's right man there is a lot of like trust in the audience there right yeah and that's what makes an intelligent good comedy like this like it's yeah, what makes exactly. something that is yeah. like i don't have to slow down and explain this to you or wait for you to laugh at this joke before i move on it's like i understand that you're keeping up let's keep the momentum going here right? yeah yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. And I, I love that. I like that. That is one of my favorite types of comedy is just kind of breathless comedy comedy that never takes a second to just l like stop and make sure everyone's appreciating. That's just like, no, you get it. We all get it. It's all funny. It's we're just being funny people. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the costuming choices in this are interesting too. I mean, I think oh, the most sure. overt, you know, costume that's referring to the character name is like Miss Peacock, where she does have this kind of yeah, feathery she's got hat. Peacocks. Miss uh, Miss Scarlet and Miss White both wear the opposite color. Color of... wheel opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an I mean, interesting she, choice. She is, in a way, a Scarlet woman, being someone who is part of yes, the the oldest exactly. profession, right? Yeah, and but then, not really in color. But also, the cars that they arrive in are the color of their game pieces. No shit. Yeah. That's so, subtle again, as fuck. Like, I didn't notice that. Again, you Jonathan Lynn did not have to go out of his way to turn his comedy into, also, this is very much about the board game. He didn't huh. have to do that. But he, it's fucking, that's great. I just love that someone, like, saw the assignment was board game adaptation probably immediately was deflated and like wait what <laughs> um and then was like you know what i'm gonna make the fucking best out of this this is my debut i'm gonna make sure people know that i can do this so i'm i'm still gonna integrate the board game i'm gonna make sure it's there but i'm making a comedy this is like the the movie version of <laughs> disney town like phil collins like hey we got a cartoon about a monkey man swinging <laughs> on vines. Yes. And he's like, you'll be in my <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> like, man, you're yeah, going hard you on this. hard on Tarzan. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah, going way above and beyond, man. Yeah, that's cool attention to detail. And, you know, of course, we've also got all the references to the game and the, and the weapons and stuff, the wrench, yeah. the rope, yeah. yada, yada. That's all just kind of fun stuff. So it's actually even deeper. Uh, so Professor Plum mentions that there it may have been poison in the the liquor, right? Yeah. So poison was originally a part of the game. Oh, so this wow. is like a super deep clue cut. <laughs> and Damn. The fourth ending that wasn't included, Wadsworth uses poison. Shit. Yeah. So like. So if you're a historian of Cluedal, you're all about that Cluedo. fucking detail. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Cluedo. There you go. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're a huge Cluedo fan, you'd be like, actually, this services the, the board game quite correctly. That's, That's fucking you a different layer of nerd, uh -huh. and that is how you talk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think that's just... like It's crazy that the first board game adaptation also nailed it. Yeah, really, right? It's one of those right. weird things where it's like, how did this work, man? But I think also, too, you know, choosing a board game like Clue, where the entire point is it is a mystery game where you are right. having to put the pieces together yeah. and solve a murder mystery. Like, that's kind of fertile ground it just is, to write yeah. a story around, you know? It's like all it you got to really do is, is figure yeah. out, like, okay, so why are all these people in this house together? Why are they all locked in? Okay, well, they're being blackmailed and yada, yada. Nobody can find the details. Nobody can leave because then everybody will be exposed. Like, all that's kind of left is like, what is the device that's keeping them here? Why are they all right. here? And that's where you start making your story. Yeah. And uh, they did so kind of go blackmailed. above and beyond and knock it out of the park for such a silly reason on paper. Yeah, yeah, it did. But fucking nailed it. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I I 
honestly don't have anything more to say other than just lauding this film for how fucking awesome it is. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, if, if we're getting around to ranking it, this, for me, going in was a 10, and then researching it and watching it several times and really trying to break it down, uh, this, this, um, this goes to 11. This is oh, 11. Oh, shit. Spinal this Tap 11 style. <laughs> yeah no but th this is a 10 uh, and it doesn't have to be a 10 for everybody it has special place in my heart as being like a, a comedy that really was seminal in in like making me understand that jokes don't have to be uh like punctuated with canned laughter and they don't right. have to they don't have to be these tiny little bits they can be these longs like you know uh, uh callbacks and and segments of of jokes that keep coming back like the fact that like uh, uh and this is something emily says all the time but like the fact that the long story short too late joke runs throughout like yeah that's yeah. really funny like there's just so many like jokes that continue to come back and th this really just hit me perfectly as a child and still as an adult uh, i think it's great so, I totally get that, man. And, and plus, yeah. you got that, you know, that funding from Big Boob that went yeah. into this. <laughs> big Boob, Big Buy, and Big Necro were all funding it. A perfect storm, you know, <laughs> of of funding and propaganda going into making this just a uh, a horny Big Boobed <laughs> mystery, <laughs> Big Buy energy yeah. movie. It, it it's kind of hard to explain it. Like, there's not really anything. It, else out there that's like it like i know a lot of people mm. were talking about like knives out and stuff and it's like eh, yeah it's knives out has that kind feel, of but it doesn't it's not funny constantly no and it's nowhere like, near as fucking horny as this movie is no no i'm gonna tell you a good night man because this is what we did we had ourselves a sumptuous uh steak dinner with mm. a delicious red wine oh right okay we uh we watched clue Okay. We had ourselves a good hearty bone down after. Okay, bone These down. These are three parts to a good night. I'm just that, gonna I agree. I'm just gonna recommend it to anybody who wants to go watch Clue. Steak, red wine, Clue, bone down, bone down. Follow those steps, and you're gonna have a good time. Okay, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That is honestly a sumptuous feast. It is really steak, red wine, Clue, and boning, and some yeah. bone. I mean, come on, it's gonna be a good time. I'm down. That's that sounds great. I'm telling you, man, like this movie, I, I again, I didn't like it at first. Like the first couple oh, times I, I watched yeah. it, I just, I didn't really get it. I was like, this is something that, that my wife likes and whatever, I'll watch it, but it's not really my thing. But, um, you know, last year, I think I really grew to like it and then doing it for the podcast and observing all those subtleties and things that I probably brushed over before. It just has made me like it more. Yep. I think it's a really cool, really unique movie. I think it's very strange that this didn't hit like yeah. I remember for so many years, you know, people would just use Clue as the butt of the joke where they'd be like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. piece of shit movie Clue. Like, people hated this movie for so long. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there has been this kind of, like, cult following around this movie that has grown over the years where people are like, oh, wait, no, this movie's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm in that crowd now. I was in the crowd that didn't like it, and now I've come full circle, and I'm in the crowd that thinks this is a really... Really cool, creative movie that batted way harder than it needed to. So, for me, I'm going to say this is like a solid... I'm going to call it like an eight. Yeah, that's solid. It's an Ocho for me. It's the Ocho. You joined the Clue Crew. 
I'm in that clue crew, as yeah. it's known. Well, Ben, hell, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are closing out Fanuary by talking about a fan pick, what was drawn from the Patreon Smoking Bowl, the only Smoking Bowl that you can just pitch in $5 on over on our Patreon page. Submit a movie of your choosing, and then maybe we draw it and we do it next month. We always do the last week of the month for Patreon drawings. And it could be your movie next month. Steve, where, sh- where should they go and sign up to that Patreon page? I mean, page? I'd head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely and uh, become a $5 patron. You can throw a movie into the smoking bowl. and We'll uh, draw from that uh, bowl and then we'll talk about that movie. That's just how that works. That's how uh, it works. Also, if you become a patron on any level, you get access to our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. And, uh, you know, hey, just head on over there. Give us uh, some moolah, and we'll uh, do the thing. That's right, man. And uh, by the time this is released, we'll know that movie. And if you want to know what that Patreon pick is, check out our social media, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, the Facebook on Instagram and Twitter. We're uh, at Dead Lovely Pod. Yeah. Facebook. Got the Facebook group over there, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group. Head over there. Uh, Friday, I will post the Patreon pick video. You'll get to see me in real time pulling a little slip of paper out of the smoking bowl. Look out. And then find out exactly which movie we're covering next week. I can't wait to tune in and find out what movie we are covering next week. So I will tune into that on our social media accounts and find out what we are covering next week. (laughs) Did that sound enthusiastic? Was that good? Yeah, you sounded to do it again? really. You sound, no, no, that was great. You were okay. way into it, way into it. I tried, <laughs> but you guys have good taste, so uh, we'll see if that streak yeah. continues. No, man, I'm telling you what; these Patreon picks have been like I, literally Mashers. just bangers. Even ones we didn't like, like Feast. That was a great episode. Like, Still fun that, to talk about. It was real fun to talk about. We didn't like Feast, but like I got to, I, I went and watched that like uh, the Bravo show or whatever that was about the making of it. Oh and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. So like, yeah. And please. somebody suggested uh, Lake Mungo, which is pretty much ruined oh, my life. Man, pretty much destroyed you. Yeah. I made yeah. a post like last week about how there was that one morning where I woke up too early and I went back to sleep and I started having dreams about Lake Mungo and I woke yeah. up and I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of bed now. <laughs> like that literally <laughs> happened. I can't even fucking think about that movie without getting yeah. fucking weirded out. That's man. Awesome. So yeah, so they're either fun or life ruining. So thanks. <laughs> so thanks for that. All for five bucks. Yeah, five Way bucks you can ruin Ben Eller's life. How about cool. that? Cool. Great, guys. <laughs> cool for my enemies. Thank you. So, yeah, tune in next time. We'll be talking about that one. Hope everybody out there is doing super well and uh, living your life like a fucking fancy horse. Yes. Brought that one back. Bringing it back, man. Call back. Be sure to uh, wash your hands. And your ass. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week for the newest installment of Dead and Lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. Hollywood Steve. You guys have been lovely. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. So we've been having us some weather here in the Tennessee lately. Yeah, we have. I mean, some entire weather. It has been <laughs> yeah. freezing cold. It's been spitting some snow at us and stuff. And uh, the other day before all this started, WBIR Weather, which is like our local weather service here, 
uh-huh. they put out a tweet and I just wanted to respond back to it and be like, this is what I think to myself before I go to bed every night. <laughs> Their tweet okay. said, tomorrow will be a mess with everything likely. <laughs> everything likely. Yeah. And then the next line says rain, sleet and snow, all caps. But tomorrow uh, will be a mess with everything with likely. everything likely. Everything. It's just going to be everything. a mess. Just a mess. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think that way too. Yeah, I get it, WBR. <laughs> I get it. You know, in Russia, when the weather is, is real bad, yeah. if, if you ask somebody, like, you know, how's the weather or whatever, they will say, which means it, it's not weather. It's like, not weather. The weather is just so fucking bad. It's not even weather. This isn't weather. This is hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 